Hello, this is JFL, John Francis Leader, and welcome to the Body, Mind, Self podcast. So I'm here today with Patrick Komiski. Patrick, Hello. thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Great, great to be here. Great to be here. So for anybody who doesn't know you, I met you ages ago when I wanted to do some martial arts training at the sure. time, and uh, you came well recommended, and I certainly wasn't disappointed. It was brilliant. I loved mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. I still to this day have you know retained some of the skills, Good. I think, Good. although I probably need to brush up a little bit. We can talk we'll about that back another back. time. Yeah, we'll get you back. Uh, but for anybody who doesn't know you or where you come from, what you do, what your interests are, who are you? What do you do? Okay, so it's Patrick Komiski, uh, and I'm the chief instructor uh, in one of my one of my my identities is the chief instructor of Krav Maga Ireland. Mm. And basically what we do is we teach everyday normal people how to protect themselves very, very fast. Yes. Typically in about tw- in a 24-hour window. So mm. that's either 12 weeks, you know, an hour and a half, two weeks, or 12 weeks, or in two days. Right. And the idea is we bring you in and we run you through a process. Mm-hmm. And when you're finished with this process, you have the ability and the skills and the mindset that can enormously affect your ability to protect yourself. Right, right. One of the things I, I suppose I, I knew it to some degree before I, I ever trained with you, but I uh, I really appreciated when I was working with you, doing the course, is yeah that combination of psychology and physiology, really kind of yeah. bringing it all together. Random, random, yeah. And I think you're touching touching on that there really in the, in the practical sense of it, just even in terms of formatting the course and yeah. that. There's a sense in which, I suppose if we think about, let's say, academia as, a, as an example generally, Generally, there's, there's, you know, you, you could spend years and years studying something, but of course, then there are brief courses that sort of immediately equip you. Let, mm-hmm. let, let's say maybe the difference between doing a first aid course over a few yeah. days versus studying biology over many years, yeah. if you know what I mean. There seemed to be something similar going on with your training, if, if that's a fair or, example. Or think about the idea almost as an intervention. You know what I mean? We also have a process and intervention. You know, there are moments in your life, you know what I mean, where you yeah. learn something or you can go through something that can change the rest of your life. You know what right. I mean? And you can learn either way. You can go about the world and, and learn because you've been assaulted. Mm-hmm. You now learn mm-hmm. about the world a certain way and right. you've learned something very, very quickly. Very true, very you've true. You've got a lesson. <laughs> if someone picks on you and decides to mug you or beat you up, that's a learning. Right. And unfortunately, if you take that happens, you learn to be afraid for the rest of your life, possibly. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then we, we were the opposite. I believe that uh, Bruce Lee has a great saying, that, which was, in, lo- in order to learn how to swim, you've got to get wet. Wow. You can't uh, <laughs> read all the books you want about swimming. Yeah. You can watch all the how-to videos about swimming. But there's a very big difference when you jump into that water and it's cold. Well and it's said. deep. And you have to be able to get out of it. You know what I mean? Mm. So basically, yeah, I think um, we're an intervention. Right. Uh, it's, it's a 12-week or two-day. We bring you in. And I think it's experiential because I think the world is about, you know, we, we talk about skills and abilities. And they emerge out of our experiences. Right, right. You know, we're right. emergent yes. in the world. We don't yeah. we don't learn do read a book or we don't do a thing and suddenly know something. We go and we try and we fail and we mm. go through all these doubts and we go through all these highs and lows and out mm. of that emerges an ability. Mm. You know, so the idea is an, an intervention, a process that comes through and out of that you've gone through experiences, learned some ideas, learned some distinctions, for example, about how you know assault happen. Yes. Yeah. You know, and gives you an insight. And when you, when in, you know, in life, anything in your in your world, you know, if you mm-hmm. get an insight, mm-hmm. that insight can just change how you operate in the world. You know? Right, 
Very true. Yeah. And because um, there seems to be a couple of things standing out there. One is is the uh, the experiential learning mm-hmm. that you're talking about, is so the learning by doing. But, uh, of course, there's a lot of, if you think about various types of martial arts or different forms of training, there's many of them that involve doing something, but still there's a sort of a practical application you seem to have focused on as well yeah. as just doing. Because a lot of people do things, but you kind yeah. of, there's a pragmatism, I suppose, yeah. to it. See, you, you know, I'm sure you've come across all this stuff we, 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 there's a big, big difference in your body, in your hormones, whatever, in going into a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With the mm-hmm. frame you have on that, and you've got your gloves, yes, yeah. you've got the pre-rituals, yeah. pre-planning, and you go in, and it might look like you're fighting somebody, but it's a very tough, It's a, but you're actually engaged in sport. Right. Now, it's a very tough sport. Yes, um, yeah. In no way, <laughs> no way, you know, saying, I certainly wouldn't want to get punched by a lot of these guys. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a sport. Yeah. And your frame and mindset and your way, that's, that's, that's you're hormonally different. Yes. I don't know if you, have you ever, have you ever uh, the book, uh, I think it's Amy Cuddy, The Upside of Stress. Okay. So when Amy Cuddy just looked at uh, stress, and everybody yeah. goes on about how stress is so bad, mm-hmm. and how stress brings up your, 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 you know, your affects your body and your, 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 you know, the load on your body. Right. And she went and looked and did a lot of research on it, and she found that the way you label stress has a very, very, very your anxiety has right. a huge right. labeling has a huge impact mm-hmm. on um on uh, on how you actually operate mm-hmm. but she brought it all the way through to, bio, to you're talking about physiology yes yeah they actually did studies and they took studies with people and they had a kind of they have a kind of a baseline stress test mm-hmm. they put people through which is pretty horrific mm-hmm. where you have to go in and talk in front of people and they they ignore you and yeah yeah they, yeah they put you through a terrible and you have to hope it's your faults you know? yes so yeah. it's a very much a good baseline stress test and but what they did was before you before they took you know 50 50 study mm-hmm. and before um basically half of them went in to do the test Mm. they were told stress was bad for you stress reduces your performance etc etc and then the other half they told um the uh people the stress was challenge Mm. stress Mm. was alertness and stress is all about your body dealing with tough situations and that's all very well so the people who saw stress as a challenge Mm -hmm. performed better but more importantly more interestingly they took blood samples right and the hormonal balance mm-hmm. was different. Right. And the, the hormones that were different, and unfortunately I can't remember the name, the hormones that were different were the learning hormones. Okay. So the hormones that are associated with learning, retention, and growth sure. were, the, were the hormones that sure. actually were activated when people learned. So, so, well you know, said. So, so the way you, you, know, you, 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 you think about this stuff and the way you frame it isn't just you know, this happy, clappy, sure. positive thinking. It sure. actually affects the sure. hormones in your body, which affects your behavior. Very, very practically. Right. And yeah, there seems to be a huge amount of that, what, what, what you're mentioning there, that there's kind of two levels, I suppose, to feeling as we're feeling it, because there can be stress, mm-hmm. but there can be stress about stress. Yeah. And again, we don't even need to use that word stress, because after all, if you're going on a holiday, there's a certain amount of stress, yeah, as in organizing, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But it can be okay, that yeah. this term, use stress, a positive use stress, stress yeah, isn't yeah. it, that, that's yeah. actually developmentally useful, uh, versus one that isn't. And either way, adrenaline in the system yeah. as well. I mean, adrenaline, if we think about it, isn't it, is an unsung hero in many cases yeah, the well, amount of life that say you know and try having a good time without adrenaline yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but what is a roller coaster yeah you know, where, and but this uh, the whole idea is is is, is 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 of of um how the, the body and the brain brain interact to me is phenomenal yes and the thing you've got to understand is that most people 
we back to sports and martial arts and all mm. that have never really been in a fight. Okay. And I'm, and I'm talking about or being an assault. Yeah. We have one of the things we talk about is oh, growing up, I ask people where'd you learn to fight. Yes. Yeah. And it, and we we hear. Typically, it's, you know, wrestling with the brothers and sisters, or, you mm. know, maybe with a rugby and maybe with yeah. a boxing. Yeah. They weren't fighting. Yeah. They were learning how to grow. They were playing mammal games. You know, mm. if you look at monkeys, mm. they have chase games. Yeah, right. That basically teach them how to hunt and how to chase and how to, how to escape. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're doing, I think, in... Um, is when in a lot of our rough play yeah is we're learning to control ourselves we're mm. learning to negotiate we're learning to we're learning to know that sometimes if you're a big guy if you're rough with someone you you need to hold back right so there's a lot of very positive learning that comes from the rough nice play nice as point. growing up and one of the things that they've discovered and again you, you can find this i think is in, in some scandinavian countries they did some really interesting studies and they took rough play out of schools mm. and at a very young level mm. and they found that when you took rough play out with young boys, mm. kids, like really young children, their violent tendencies later on in life were higher. Okay. So one of the things that people confuse, what they're actually learning, you think they're learning to fight, they're not, they're learning how not to fight. Sure, sure. <laughs> they're learning sport, sure. they're learning fairness, they're learning, you know. Yes. And then what happens is, and, we are, and, and that's brilliant, and that is like a fundamental of a safe society. Mm. We all learn that you can hurt somebody, you all learn you need to, be safe, you know, need to nice kind of pull point. back. But now you walk out and you're walking down the, <clears throat> the street and there's some guy who lives in a different world than you. Yes. Some guy who's basically maybe so in pain mm-hmm. with drugs that they, they, that basically they are so desperate mm-hmm. to get a, a hit mm-hmm. that you are no longer even a person to them. You are just a means to them getting out of pain. Right. And now you, <clears throat> these two worlds collide. You're a normal person who's never been in trouble in your life and some predator basically yes, who needs yeah. something you have desperately mm-hmm. attacks you. Mm-hmm. And that is a very different than a sport. Mm-hmm. I've, heard, I've heard a lot of uh, military people make this point that, uh, yes, yeah, somebody without that experience just can't get what it's like to be in that type of conflict. And there does seem to be a shock response, all right, yeah. isn't it? A disbelief <clears throat> in the face of it. Yeah. How could somebody do that? That's unreasonable. People don't act like that, yeah. but yet it's happening. And, and most people don't. Yeah. It's the, it's the, I think uh, in... Um, or the selfish gene, he talks about the doves and the eagles. You know? Right. <clears throat> All the doves are having a great time one day, it takes one eagle. <laughs> it takes, and then, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, so you, yeah you, this idea of, of, of worlds colliding. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? And true. that's what it is. And it's interesting, you just said something very interesting. So when someone's being attacked, mm. they always go, Why? Why me? Yes. Just doesn't matter. Becomes quite cognitive in the yeah. moment, doesn't it? Why, Which is why me? And the truth is, it wasn't personal. Right. It was, we, we had like, you know, horrific, horrific story. Um, if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, mm. Jill Maher, uh, mm. the Irish girl in Australia. Okay, yeah. And, uh, and people go, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's a terrible, terrible story. And there's a photograph of her and she's, which is before this guy, you know, did terrible things to her and she's talking to him. Yeah. And this just looks like this guy, you know, mm. was an animal, mm. this guy, but there was just two people talking mm. and people are going, why? It doesn't matter mm. why, when or how. So one of the things we talk about okay. is, um, is people, why do people attack people? Why do people hurt people? There's loads of reasons. You know, you know the famous story about the guys <clears throat> who say, oh, why are you, uh, why are you an alcoholic? And uh, the guy says, because my dad was an alcoholic. And right. another guy says, why don't you drink? He says, the guy said, because my yes, dad was an alcoholic. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it doesn't matter why. Yeah. It matters how. So we focus on, there's always lots of reasons. It might be just your wrong place, wrong time. It might literally just be that you have something they want. It might be a social identity thing. Yeah. They just want, they want to feel good about themselves by making someone else mm. feel small mm-hmm. or, or hurt. And 
it doesn't matter why. What we but what we can do is there is predator behavior. Right. There is a behavior that people engage in when they're going to assault somebody. Yes. And we can teach you that. And that Simps as is usually the case, that Simpsons episode, if you remember the one where there's a bully and what was it by change? I think they could smell something. It was yeah. probably smelling adrenaline in that moment or whatever. Yeah. There does seem to be a sense in which yeah, without needing to get into the intellectual aspect of it. Yeah. Just by moving differently, by standing differently, yeah. by engaging differently. I remember that was something you Christ emphasized Christ before. Christ study, yeah. It yeah. seems to make a massive difference, and it's not on the level of negotiation. It's 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 sort of circumventing it, in a sense, isn't it, yeah, the approach yeah, you take? Well, I think the Simpsons of Krav Maga have a great history. I think there's a great, <laughs> there's a great Simpsons episode where, where Lisa learns Krav Maga, and she has a great saying, saying, no groin, no Krav Maga. Ah, yes, <laughs> yeah, I remember that too, yeah. <laughs> and, but... Um, yeah, so the whole body language thing is, mm. we know, enormous, right? And like the way I speak about it is, is that we have, a, you know, you know, part of the brain called the amygdala. Yes. And that the parts of the brain, the amygdala, some people call it the security guard, some people call it the, and basically it gets information at a, 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 a ten times faster than your cognitive processing. Mm. So if you're walking down the street uh, and something comes into your, you know, your senses. Yes. That's with the amygdala at one point mm-hmm. and then the amygdala is like the security guard guy at the door yeah and it decides who to route it to but mm-hmm. it's also acting at the same time sure so if you're walking down an, an, an alleyway and you get a you hear it, it, it it's it's encanting and you go you get an awful fright mm-hmm. and then later on you realize it's a cat mm-hmm. your body is still acting at right. the thing and the really interesting thing is your flinch responses the way mm. your hands go? Mm. Do we you know you think of you walking down the street and you get a thing? You, you you suddenly see something coming at you at the corner of your, your eye. Your hands will go up. Right, right. The flinch response is connected to the amygdala. Right. So the amygdala basically has two circuits. You know, there's mm. the information. Then this, it's distributed. Yes. One gets to your flinch, which is mm. like milliseconds, mm-hmm. and one gets to your cognitive processing, which yes. is ten times slower. So <clears throat> a lot of our training is the, and and so the so the amygdala is on understanding and cherishing mm. this, you know, mm. I suppose, heritage. Yes. Just yeah. the, the genetic heritage we have, which is our survival system. And it speaks to us through feelings. Right. And it, so cause the story always, where I, where I, how I explain it is, human beings have uh, been around, what we'd say our, our genetic heritage around for millions of years, okay? Mm. But we're actually only able to speak for the last 80,000 right. years. <laughs> so a vast amount of our genetic heritage, we've been using body language and senses. Mm. And it's been shown that we can sense violent tendencies from within 80 meters. Okay. Just by the set of someone's jaw. Sure. And so, but so that, so, so we, so it works both ways. Yeah. We can yeah. tell predators. Yes. And then, and, but also we can tell victims pray, by the yeah. body language. And yeah. basically evolution has given both of us those, that skill. Sure. So our ability to read somebody through body language exists for both of us. Sometimes predators are a little bit more trusting mm. of it. Yes. And developmentally, um, yeah, we're, we're prone, aren't we, to false positives in the sense that, you know, those of us who assumed it wasn't dangerous when it was aren't around to tell the tale, I suppose. So <laughs> yeah. we're kind of descended from paranoid people in a yeah, way that yeah, we're able to do it. But what, 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 I'm, what I'm wondering is, is um, whatever about language abilities, we seem to live in a very different world nowadays where you kind of don't need your physicality so much of the of course, time, yeah. whether it's an office job. Yeah. I mean, forget about fighting even, um, you know, kind of Game of Thrones times or medieval times, but 
even just the sense in which, you know, you'd be farming, you'd be working down a mine, you'd be climbing trees, you'd be being chased by something, you'd be chasing yeah. something. There's a <clears throat> sense in which that kind of embodiment was such a core part of, a life, part of life for a lot of people. I mean, not everybody yeah, probably. Yeah. What, what, where are we today? Because, I mean, the 21st century, we have this unprecedented disconnect, I suppose, from the body. And then we, we kind of live almost disembodied a lot of the time. And then, as you mentioned, if somebody gets attacked... This is yeah. like this rude awakening in that moment, which is is supposed to be highly shocking. Yeah, there's something. There's a lot there. Actually, there's a lot there. What you just said. Mm. Um, first of all, we actually live in the safest part of history ever. Yeah, like there's some. Like, I, I, I am uh, one of the guys. Um, I, it's a TED talk. He did a TED talk on this, mm. and he basically just pointed out: try living around the time of the Crusades right. to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> or try living. You know, so we actually yeah, live yeah. in the safest time in the world, yeah. which actually means, in general, less people are harmed. Yes. But when it happens, it's such a shock. Exactly. And we are so separated from... And we're also living in a world now, you know, people are talking about, you know, like I have a daughter, 19-year-old daughter, and we're, we're living in a world where just, I think parents are have almost harmed our children's safety. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The days of going out and playing in the street, and I'm a little bit older than you, JF, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm sure you were at an age where you were allowed running around the street. That's right. And you you, you met your friends, you didn't meet your friends on play dates. Yeah. I'm sure you don't look yeah. like, like you're yeah. of an age. And there was but no internet and no mobile no, phones. And, 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 and there was no, and you actually had to go out and play yeah, yeah. and people knocked at people's yeah, doors with that's balls. Right. And, um, but now, like my friends, and I'm, you know, I'm my friends now, it's, you know, my peers are spending the time bringing their children on play dates. Right. They're driving the kids to school, and it's just. And I remember, yeah, true, and true, talking true. to, um, to talking to you know, parents who train with me. Yeah, uh, and they are just saying, you know, their kids, their children are so cosseted. Right. That actually they've lost in some ways the the um, the ability to develop self-defense awareness yes, because yes, they're always being yes. protected and you can understand and mm. the that we can understand the parents and I think it's the media you know what I mean mm. obviously bad things happen mm. and one of the things I say is bad things do happen to good people right. so we do need to be careful yeah. but we do need to manage ourselves and we do need to equip ourselves with skills and still live our life sure and this seems to go so much further than just self-defense because you know to the degree we're disembodied is the degree to which we're not even emotionally in touch with ourselves we're, we're, you know even if we were never get attacked ever if that yeah. was never to happen if somehow we could guarantee that isn't it to the degree we end up in the head but not on the body yeah, there's a sense in which connected. stress yeah, sleep problems so many health related issues I suppose it disconnect from physicality yeah yeah and I, and I see it over and over again people sure you love do, it you, yeah. you know you've seen me there I have grown adults like running around yeah. in bear, doing bear, walk, bear walks yeah. you know <laughs> I mean? I, when I put a group of people in training there's something amazing that goes on and first of all you know, my biggest fear when I started teaching this is that I was going to attract the wrong people. Yes, actually, yeah. You've been there. What we've actually attracted is really nice people. Like, we tend to get really, really yeah, nice people yeah. who just want to know how to protect themselves. Right. And, and I think when, when, when it's amazing. And, I, you know, I, as you know, I run a process. Like, yeah. and I, I have a whole ritual of how I meet people mm -hmm. at the door all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm their guide through this process. Mm. And to a certain extent, I talk about this idea of building a bridge to violence. Right. That violence is a tool. Yeah. And it is a very little tool of last resort, but it is a tool. Right. There's a lot of tools. So I've kind of this process where I teach you tools and give you the access to these tools. But during that training, I think it's very important to have fun. Yes. And to build a team. Sure. And I always, I, I, I say to people, is we're the good guys. Mm. You know, and oftentimes, you know, 
sometimes going up and going to martial arts classes and Thai boxing classes and all that is a little bit like going to prison. You have to find out who the big guy, wa- big guy was and hit him first right. <laughs> so that you set your mark out. Yes. Yeah. Where sometimes people are very nervous. So we have a team approach. When you join, you, when you come to a course or class, mm. you are being trained with your peers. And we, one of the things we do is we build this very focused team effort. Yeah. When you're working with three or four people, you're working together okay. to build the skills. But one of the things I see most and which really makes me feel good uh, like myself mm. is you know when you look at people train each other yeah yeah and when you see men and women like and i say remember you're when you're training you know you're you're, you know, you're saying you mm. you're, you're partner you're at your mm. time your, your wife yes, is on the course. that's when right you're training with somebody you're working and investing with them yeah. to save their life that collaboration and, and, and there's, there's something about it you know what i mean mm. you can see it in people when a when they're stretched you know what i mean mm. and they keep going and, mm. and I, I basically one of the things i say is i have 10 times more belief in people's abilities than they do themselves nice I'm, and i'm and i have a better i know more than they do i've trained sixty thousand people sure like I've sure. like I've research base sure. here for this. Absolutely. And I don't doubt people. <laughs> I had a, a, a very nice young lady on our course just this weekend. Mm. And I say she was eight and a half, eight stone. Mm. And I say she was five foot three. Mm. And she was maybe five, five, five to be right. And maybe, and she was basically, oh, I'm very nervous. And no, I'm so afraid. And by the time she was finished, my God, she was, mm. she, you wouldn't want to go near that girl. You know what I mean? So one of the things about it is, back to your thing, when you, you, I'm all about self-efficacy because, mm. you know what I mean, which is when you teach people skills and teach people that they can, when they push themselves, do more, yeah. their self-confidence and their connection with their own ability yeah. go, you know, really, really goes, goes up. So, you know, if violence or force, you know, we can, we can use those kinds of words, but, but as you said, seeing them as tools, and I suppose responsible use of tools mm. requires uh, a, a, a knowledge, but not just a, an intellectual knowledge, mm. an experiential knowledge of how to use mm. them so they could be deployed or not deployed as the case yeah, may be right, and I, I can really imagine a situation where you know through training somebody is actually using less force even in a situation where yeah. there was a problem that they didn't I, I ask for that's an, an incredibly uh, important point i have a saying that sometimes i need to teach guys not to fight right i need to teach women to fight okay right we come with different tendencies you find yeah different different interesting tendencies. yeah and uh, and that's obviously a mass generalization yes but you know, it's easy. I, like the joke I always tell is I could, I could go out and I could get myself into a fight here, I guarantee in 10 minutes. You're <laughs> <laughs> in the right part of town. You know, yeah. Oh, no, anywhere. I can, yeah. I, go to, I can go anywhere and I get myself into a fight. All you do is go up to some guy and start insulting his wife or his girlfriend. The obvious side <laughs> question is do you for research? <laughs> you know? Not for research, not for research <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but um, so, so one of the things that you'll often have to understand is often the predators are trying to hook you. Hmm. People, people get engaged in violence for different reasons. But yeah. sometimes a guy, everybody has a story about why. Even bad guys need a story to say why it's okay for them to do it. So they'll often try to provoke mm. you in some way. Mm. They'll mm. try to get you to make some move that they can interpret as disrespect. Yes. Or some move, say it wasn't your fault. And you they, you made you looked at them the wrong way. Okay. Yeah. You know you're wrong, the classic, you, you, yeah. you wore the wrong football jersey into yeah. the wrong pub. Yeah. Disrespecting me. You know you it was your fault. Mm-hmm. You know, so oftentimes with guys like if someone wants to cause trouble they will test you mm-hmm. and they will try to provoke you and mm-hmm. they, your energy I was never I, I there's a book I read years and years ago um, and it's about negotiation strategies in I think in Japan mm. and it was called dark face black heart mm. and I go say dark face black heart give nothing mm. 
you know, if someone tries to provoke you, you give nothing. You never give energy out. Like, you never give violence out until you give it. So the fear in that moment <coughs> on the part of the person being attacked, potentially, is that they're going to wor- look weak in that moment, isn't it? Yeah. And that, 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 what, what is the, well, the people, argument against well, that? Well, 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 people, well people's, f- f- women, some women's thing is, they're, and it, this is sometimes thing, is that they're afraid that they'll get hurt more. Right. They're afraid that they'll, they're afraid that they'll provoke... And the assailant to so there's two them. things, isn't it? There's a fear if I speak up, I'm going to provoke. There's yep. a fear that if I do nothing, I'm going to appear vulnerable yep. and be attacked. Yeah, and then what you have to understand is that I think there's incredible statistics out there, particularly for women, is that like you just have to understand the research. There's a lot of research mm-hmm. in this. So first of all, the big research is where the FBI did a study on the efficacy of self-defense. Okay. And a couple of studies, one was in Canada, and they found over a three-year study they mm-hmm. found that the very fact you did a self-defense course, any course, right, yeah. reduced your chance of being assaulted by 50%. The second thing that they've discovered is fighting back. That oh, People who fight back in general escape more okay, and reduce reduce the longevity mm. or seriousness of the assault. Okay, And there is no correlation to fighting back and getting hurt more. Mm. So, like, we, we mm. use science to help us here. Yes. So, basically, if you're assaulted, you're threatened. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if violence does happen, fighting back is generally considered better. I okay, mean, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it probably is fair to say everything we've just talked about is what a person without experience is trying to think about in the moment they're getting yeah. attacked. Going and this to is the false. problem, isn't it? They're, going they're, trying to the to, yeah. they're trying to learn to drive while out on a motorway, yeah. so to speak, yeah. in <laughs> real time. Yeah, because you, you've never been there before. Yeah. And yeah. our role, our job is to try and get you into the swimming pool. to do that in advance. <laughs> so in that, what I'm thinking about is um, certainly immersive training, like the type they use for emergency services. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have that. I'm also thinking of exposure therapy when yep. working with people with phobias or, or yep. fear. And, you know, a huge amount of the principle there, as you know, is, uh, is look, we can't talk about this from a distance. This yep. is experiential. No, they, yep. We have to bring up the feelings to work with it. Yep. And what's so peculiar about that is, is the role of kind of intentionally leaning into certain feelings and working mm-hmm. with them. And, uh, you know, an, an, an example we might use of that is if you think about something you love doing, like eating your favorite food or something like that, if that's done to you forcibly against your will, you're force-fed your favorite <laughs> food, even if you're hungry, that's not nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one example. Really the opposite point then is some people are masochists. They yeah. pay good money for fear, humiliation, pain, yeah, suffering, yeah, well, etc. So, Japanese so Japanese what's Japanese. going on there? Yeah. So we've got well, a situation where without choice, it's not nice. Mm. And with choice, even unpleasant things can be nice. Yeah. So this sense of being able to kind of lean into the feeling and yeah. work with it seems to be almost more important than the baseline feeling that's necessarily yeah, there. Yeah, and only... But I think, it's, I think it's all about effectively, I think the term that's often used is the emotional climate mm-hmm. that you're involved in. You okay. know what I mean? And that you're in a scenario, and it's back to, as I said, that, you know, the fear and the aggression when you're in that, it, like, you have to process it. Yes, yes. And what we, you, you, you have to, and you, everything you said about exposure, mm. it's like, well, what I call the bridge mm. to violence. That's like, right. We literally, yeah. we, and it's amazing, like, one of the things, for example, I do is when I have, and I, you know, I teach, like, you know, every week I teach, you know, weekend classes, a really immersive sessions, mm. and I just see the same things happening over and over again. And one of the times at the beginning, trying to get a normal person to hurt another person. Yes, yeah. It, like most people don't want to hurt people. Because I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a fight club here. Yeah, you have to yeah, go out and start yeah, a fight. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that the whole well, point to yeah. desensitize and, them? But if, I think if you go back all the way back to, uh, they did a lot of research, and there's I think a Grossman was the American guy who's actually, um, mm. 
I think he's an expert in killology. Okay. Wow. And How's he that was, for a PhD? He was Amer- yeah, on <laughs> the as he was a psychologist. Can imagine saying that at a bar? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My PhD in killology, and I'm doing some research. Yeah. But uh, he was the guy who was responsible for um, getting American soldiers to try to kill more. Okay. And wow. one of the things he was dealing with the, the research, particularly in. Um, the Second World War yeah. was the amount of soldiers who fired their weapon who intentionally tried to harm another person was less than 10%. Wow. So the, uh, so people would shoot their weapon, but they'd shoot it in the sure. rough direction, sure. and, you know, they shoot wildly. But only 10% of the shots fired had intention. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and, like, you've got to see that. Obviously, it depends on circumstances. But that's a very good thing mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. life. You know, in, in, yes. in, like, that's a good thing that yeah. these guys who are trained soldiers... Yeah. They did not want to harm another person. That's fascinating. So that is a really good thing that, mm-hmm. that I think it's important to understand. So he basically fixed that, unfortunately. And he would use things like um, words like, if innocent people aren't, are hurt, it's not called innocent people being hurt, it's called collateral damage. Okay. So that you know, re- we start to use, yeah. we, we disassociate. Yeah. We're actually using the same language that the Nazis used. Right. And, that's, and the same process mm. is the same process of disassociation. Mm. You know what I mean? Where you mm. take people, if you take it all the way now, where uh, people are are killing people uh, using predator missiles mm. from six thousand miles away. And this is the, this is where it bridges it with computer games, obviously, mm-hmm. in a kind of Call of Duty kind of yeah. error. And uh, I mean, I suppose I grew up playing Street Fighter, but I don't think that did anything no, about no. Street Fighting, you know. <laughs> so there's not an obvious, yeah, yeah, necessary yeah. connect yeah. there. But with certain skills, you can, if you can imagine somebody who's like aiming and shooting the yeah. whole time, you yeah. can kind of imagine them snapping too more when they're doing that. In yeah, real life. you've got both, isn't it? You've got both, isn't it? Um, oh, guy, what's the guy's name? Uh, Gavin De Becker. Mm. He was one of the world's experts on violence. Okay. Um, and he's absolutely convinced. He's well respected. He wrote a great book called The Gift of Fear. Mm. It's a book I reference a lot. He talks about mm. intuition. He talks about another great book called Protecting the Gifts. Okay. Which is about, look, now he's one of these guys that talks a lot about how we're overprotecting our children. Right. Not teaching right. them tools for safety. Right. And then as they get older, they and they're on their own, they become sure. more anxious. Sure. And he is absolutely convinced that computer games make people more violent. Mm. So there's a huge dispute on that, and there seem to be two big Absolutely. camps in that debate. Yeah, there are, yeah. And I think one of them, I just read uh, an American Psychological Association article there recently, which was trying to make some sense of where that's at at the moment. And yeah. They were coming down on the side of the uh, the positive uh, yeah. effects of video well, games too. Yeah, and, but the, the, and the skill building. And the skill building. But yeah. the, the big point that we're making is, look, it's untenable at this stage in the game to actually call computer games one thing. Yeah, yeah isn't it's it? They're saying it's like calling life one thing. The, there's also, that many types and yeah, subtypes. Yeah, and there's different and, computer games. There's a very big yeah. difference between playing Minecraft, yes, <laughs> which all the kids I'm watching are, and going around where you're actually playing a game where you're you know pumping a machine gun into somebody. That's right. And there is a thing: are you inoculating yourself to violence? That's right. You know what I mean, and it's all yeah. the way back to now. Like if you take it all the way, your, your experiences. We've got the whole fear around the the, the access, the ready availability of porn. That's right. And yeah. the impact that it's yeah. having, you know, that, 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 that again, it's very early days. That's right. You know I mean? But, you know, I hope, not, I hope no, no one at 18 is listening to this, but, you know, you can mm. get access to porn. Sure, on the, on, sure. You know, no, it's changed. I, I know I'd be locking my, I'd be, you'd be one of those old-fashioned parents who'd be locking my internet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but is, 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 so the question we have to ask ourselves is, does the access to porn 
impact people's you know, yes. sexual behavior. And I think sure. there's very little doubt in that. And there isn't. The problem is a lot of this is it's only kind of in the end game that you really find out the effects of these things, yeah. isn't it? You've got to try and think ahead as best you can. Yeah. A bit like our point about feelings about feelings, there's also a, a, an interesting point about whether it's the video games or whether it's anything else of our intention yeah. towards them. Or, because somebody could be playing uh, Call of Duty but they could be kind of walking, enjoying the jungles around them and looking around. Yeah. Whereas somebody else could be playing Minecraft or building weapons within it and trying yeah. to fight. There's yeah, an interesting yeah. way in which there's, we can use tools. How do you adapt? Yeah, and even these games like kind of Fallout or Skyrim where you can take different roles and different characters mm. and you can kind of have a your own inner narrative as well that, okay, sure, I'm using force, but I'm using it to save people. You can add that in even if it's not said explicitly yeah, in the yeah. game. And you've got problem solving. I, you know, I, I, mm. I'm a great fan of, uh, of Fallout. <laughs> And yeah. uh, you know, and uh, but I think I think when it be, I I I think, as you said, it it it, it, it what's this thing? It makes there's some arguments about people say about money. It makes you more of who you are. Very good, Jim. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And if you have a tendency, and then you can veer towards this thing. But just back to you know, Bandura's famous experiments in mm. social learning theory. Yeah. The famous bashing the yes. The, 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 they gave yes, kids games to that's play. Right, yeah. And then one of the games was, you know, a, uh, a teacher bashing a stick against. We'll, a, we'll put a link to a video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bashing a stick against thing, and when the when the kids went to play, they did what the parents did or That's did what right. the adults. So the games, there's lots of games available. And one tend to be more violent, and then so we we tend to do what we, you know the whole social proof concept that goes on around yes. us. Yes. So inevitably, you know, there's going to be people who say, "Yeah, you know what? We're we're too we're we're too soft. We need to get out there and fight a bit more." There's going to be other people who are going to say, "Oh no, no, that doesn't sound very nice." What what could we say for the role of of you know as a parent or just as a person where we seem to want a society that's progressive enough that we're not all hitting each other over the head every so often, you know, just for for no good reason at all. Mm-hmm. We we do seem to want that in some shape or form. But at the same time, as you said, we want a sense of, of, of groundedness around body. We want to understand and know the tools we have in terms of the ability yeah. to use force, to use it or not, as the case may yeah. be, to appropriately understand it. How can we have as much peace as possible but still be grounded in our own yeah. ability to use force? I, I think it's, you know, it's the whole, you know, you, you, you might be number 10, it's the whole philosopher-warrior concept. Like, I think I think uh, people talk, I'm a great fan of the Stoics. Mm. And, you know, yeah. you, they, 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 they talk about the philosopher as a warrior and the philosopher as a librarian. Right, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> these days, the philosopher is a librarian. You wouldn't recognize yeah. a philosopher if you're back with hanging around Socrates. Oh, they mm. were very active. They were, yes. at the same time, they were off wrestling and they were, they were very active and they didn't yeah. just think. So I think about understanding, I think we've got to see life in a whole wide near dimension. Mm. And I think you're entitled to nothing. Mm. I think safety is a construct. Mm. I think, you know, all these things are social constructs. Mm. And then when the rules of society break down, and they can break down in a moment, or right. they can break down in a right. place, right. then different behaviors, Thing. And I think you need to be a well-rounded person, mm-hmm. you know. Like, True. and and I, I, and one of the things I'm proud of is when I walk people through, you know, being able to, and I teach people how to operate in the face of violence. Yes. And how to control themselves. Like one of the things I talk about is I don't fight monkeys. Mm. Like you know, people always ask me, "Do you get into things?" No, I don't. I just don't fight monkeys mm-hmm. because most of the time when people get into violence, it's monkey fighting. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, that, i.e., that's the sure. part of the brain. Sure. That are using sure. so you looked at me, you looked sure. at him, you pushed me. And I have a rule and the way I you know, it's like an intervention I do for myself and it came it comes from a, a psychotherapy model called Name Your Gremlins mm. concept, mm. which is you know, you create a picture okay. of the behavior you don't want so you mm. can Mm-hmm. Thing and I, my rule is I don't fight monkeys. And what it means mm-hmm. is, I when I say if somebody comes up to me in a bar, which doesn't happen, <laughs> <bothers> <laughs> them, and, and they're kind of shouting at me, that's a monkey, 
Yeah. Now, yeah. and what I'd say to you, if, I, if, I, if you're walking through the zoo with your children mm-hmm. and your wife and a monkey got out of the cage and started insulting you. Yeah. And calling you, you know, all these different names and, and insulting your wife. Would you fight the monkey or call the zookeeper? Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. basically what nice, I would do nice is model. I'd call the zookeeper yeah. and get him to get his tranquilizer gun <laughs> stick the guy back in his cage. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think you balance that. I don't find monkeys. Nice so the, and, and, and I And the other question I ask people is, could you... The world, bad things can happen to good people. Mm. Just you were naive not to accept that. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to give yourself and your family the best possible chance? Right. Like you buy your health insurance, you buy your mm-hmm. car insurance, you learn to swim, you take mm-hmm. first aid. This is skills you can do I, you know, so that you can yeah. act in a moment. And, yeah. and you, take, you take preemptive action. Mm-hmm. And then if we can make it fun, like we do a lot of fitness training, mm. so we try and we do a lot of social things. So, mm. so, so basically, to me, that's becoming a well-rounded person. And the more skills you have, the more yeah. situations and skills cross over. We sure. know this. So you go and you sure. learn to um, learn self-defense, and you learn how to um, deal with, which we teach how to deal with some you know guy shouting in your face. Yeah, you can. You the, the, those that, that those skills. They transfer. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're dealing with an awkward yeah. client now. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Those, those, and there's something else, and I think it's back to self-efficacy. Yes. When you act and you show yourself mm. you can act, mm. Mm. you believe you can do more. Yes. Uh, and th- th- this, we kind of stretch beyond sometimes the point we want to be at, at yeah. an average, yeah. isn't it? And, and that's you know certainly something I've seen in your work, and it's a principle that seems to stand, stand true time and time again, yeah. is that uh, you, know, you can imagine the example of your man who comes back from Nam and you know he's been through that, and then he has to have a kind of a, I don't know, just a, a small conflict with somebody at a bus stop. Yeah. And there's a sense in which it's been stretched so far that there's a sort of a breathing room, isn't there? That yeah. this, this is very much, the context Capacity. has completely shifted in yeah. that moment. Yeah. So equally, if you're having a negotiation in the workplace, but you've just been out there getting physical with somebody, it does seem to stretch it and yeah, ground you, you it and balance a, it in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah and that whole thing, yeah, and you've got this, this I think, so there's two things, back to the NAM thing, you yeah. know, when people say... Um, when I teach people what violence is really like, mm. most people say I never want to go there. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was doing some, I was doing some uh, stuff for the Jason Bourne movie, mm. and recently, and uh, they said to me, um, oh, "We really want you to do some real street fighting." I says, "No, you don't." <laughs> it's just, like, even Jason Bourne is in a movie. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't look like the Matrix, does no, it? No, no, it does. But you know, no, you don't, because because yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. You ever see real violence? It's sickening. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's sickening. Yes. It's actually, if you ever see another person, like we all think we do it, but if you see it like an MMA thing go past the sport, we, we're mm-hmm. repulsed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really interesting thing. I, I remember I was very, very, I won't say who it was, but mm. a very, very um, well-known guy. I'm sure you know him. And mm. he's a great person, just I don't have his permission to say his name now. Yeah. And he's in your field and he's in the UK. And he's trained with me quite a bit. And I actually trained with him originally mm. in NLP. Mm. And mm. he's a great guy. Yeah. And uh, and he came over, and uh, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> but he, and he's a good guy. And I basically said to him one day, he said, oh, yeah, you know, you know I've just learned all these skills. And I kind of want to get into a fight. <laughs> and I said to him, okay, so let's picture the fight. Yeah. 
And I says, okay, now picture the blood on your hands. Mm-hmm. Now picture the guy's face being smashed up. Now fast forward to see your man's family look at you do this. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward to the court case. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to you in the court mm-hmm. with the blood in your hands. I says, okay, I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When we, when we, I think one of the things we have to do is understand yeah. consequential thinking. Very nice. And and I think when you, it's a bit like when you understand something. Like, and a really interesting talk yesterday uh, with, with a guy, and we are talking about... Um, and you, I think you'll know this principle maybe better than me to name it, but the principle is that people who are truly, truly expert mm. are less confident. That's right. Oh, the, I uh, forget the name of the link to it. Yes, that's It's a really, really interesting thing. You know, so exactly. They the don't the less they know, the greater the confidence. Yeah. It's a reverse correlation. Yeah. So they, yeah. the, the less cocky yeah. they become. That's they, right. They tend to talk more percentages. Sure. They tend to be more in likelihoods. And, and unfortunately, we don't like that. When you go to a yeah. doctor and you say, well, doc, you know, and how is it going? He says, well, you know, yes, <laughs> 50% yeah. this. Oh, no, no, no. Tell me, tell me, tell me yes, everything yeah. for certain. Doc. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to a French uh, doctor who did a course yesterday. Mm. And he said something which I was just chatting to him about that concept. He brought it up and he says, the more you know, he says, the more you learn, particularly about the human body, the more humble you become. Mm-hmm. Right. I just thought right. that was really, Very really, nice point. really, really interesting. And he was saying, that, and he's a, this guy, I say, was in his 50s, mm. consultant doctor. Uh, and he was saying, yeah, you know, the more I've learned, the more humble I've become. And, and you, you see that a lot of the time demonstrated in the classic 80s martial arts movie, yeah. isn't it? Because, you know, your man's at the bar, somebody goes up, the, mon- the monkey point you were making, yeah. you know, giving him hassle. Yeah. And, you know, pours a drink in his face. Yeah. And he does absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Now, now, of course, true, repeated provocation and the need yeah, to save other people. To, yeah, yeah. He ends up having to save the town. Yeah. But even at the very end, <laughs> end of the movie yeah. isn't it when you know there's a, there's a final yeah. you know put, knockout budge or something to happen yeah. there's always a moment of redemption where he, he kind of gives the other guy a chance a but chance. the other guy goes for him and then he has yeah, to take yeah, him that, down in that way <laughs> so that principle I suppose to some degree we have been enculturated with a little bit if we can put it into practice yeah and I think uh, yeah and I, and I think that's a very good point um, I think um you know like as I said we, we don't want to do it but to have yes. the capacity to do it so I actually to. always ask people very simple what will you die for? Mm. What just just understand this? Just understand. Just think for a second and process it now. Yes. Yeah. Just and and, and I ask people: Would you die for your house? Mm. Would you die for a pint of beer? Mm-hmm. Would you die over a look? Mm. And people say to me, "Of course I wouldn't." Now I says, mm. "I want you to think about all the violence that happened in Dublin last night." Mm. And I want you to tell me what was that in this world. Yeah. In the world with so many things going on, mm. there were people engaging in violence last night. And what were they fighting over? Right. And it was monkeys fighting. Right. And they were fighting over a look, you know, a, a, some perceived slight mm. or to take something, mm. but it was monkey fighting. Mm. And I always, so, so I processed that myself and I says, what will you die for? Yeah. And what will you kill for? Well, how nice to bring that intentionality in mm. in a calm moment and decide that in yeah. advance. I don't know. So Rather than trying to make up our policies yeah. as we go along Be- in the moment yeah, when we can't think yeah, clearly. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. like, and, 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 and there's a very interesting come back to the second. Mm. But when you know what you'll die for, you know what you'll kill for. Right, right. And I'd say, I'm not going to die for a pint of beer. Absolutely. I'm not going to steal. I remember telling a story uh, years ago in Kyo's uh, in, in St. Anne Street. I went in a few, mm. and it had been late in the evening. And um, I, my friends were there and I just went in and I was late and I just ordered a beer a pint of Guinness or something and I'd order my and I just um and I w- used to live work in London mm. and uh, I just turned around and I'd order my beer and I, could, and I just saw this hand sneak up 
and take my beer <laughs> and sneak away. You know, just like it was like some of a cartoon movie, just slide away, slid away with my pint of beer. And I'm yeah, yeah. looking at this. And I just look at this guy and I look at the barman and says, you sing this? And we both have a laugh. And your man says, hey, you. <laughs> but I guarantee you somewhere else, somebody else would have thought that was worth fighting over. You know what I mean? I laughed. At it. So here's what we do for what you'd kill for, what you die for, and what you laugh at. Wow. Wow. You know what I mean? What a great exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So you, and make those, just you said, and you know, set your intention. That's right. Your intention behavior. Right. So my view of it is if some monkey comes in, I don't fight monkeys for a start. I have these mm. rules. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I don't die over pints of beer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, because to fight mm. is to risk death. Right. Right. To, to fight is to risk real harm to you or somebody else, either in that moment or in a loop back to revenge. Beautiful. And we have to understand these things. Yeah. Fighting as a, as a physical act, of course, there seems to be a bit of a, a gradient or a line because, of course, we might use words in certain cases. And mm. you, you know the way there's two extremes, even just with words. We wouldn't seem to want to live in a world where, you know, people hurt other people or even, you know, offended other people, certainly robbed from other people or even just socially pushed in front of an old person in a queue mm. or things like that. And, and we just looked away. It would seem that society's role in some way is to kind of correct and balance on some level. Yeah. But yet, on the other hand, your point about not engaging unnecessarily in conflict and escalation is an important one, too. Yeah. Any thoughts on where we find yeah, that balance? Yeah, I think society, I think there's some really, really interesting stuff about that. Society tends to have corrective behavior. Mm. And, like, and, and there's lots of study about tribesmen. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen this stuff about guys who don't pull their weight from the hunt. Right, right. And that the way they're, and we chide people. Like, they can yes. see how guy, yeah, yeah. people have weight. Yeah. Gossip is another tool. Yeah. So some people talk about gossip yeah. was, a, 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 the origination of gossip was, mm. A, is if there's some big, you know, biff of a guy that you wouldn't yeah. want to, you wouldn't want to confront everyone. The, the gossip was way of spreading okay. information about yeah, this person. Yeah. Or another way, uh, get myself into trouble, um, <laughs> get myself into trouble in this but there's a general there's a bit of a sense that how women damage people is they damage people men have a tendency to violence mm -hmm. and women's violence is true is true language well, I know you've got some very tough female trainers that I've worked with before, so I'm sure they'll they'll take you they'll up on both. that if there's any they'll issue. They'll talk bad about you and kick your ass. So, <laughs> so I think um, I, I think I think there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a lot going on there, but I think yeah. I think we have corrective mechanisms, okay. and, and I think society has corrective mechanisms, and and you know. Like I think, just the world is such a complicated place. We used to think it was okay to slap a child. Yes. Absolutely, and I, and I certainly tell you, I know my mum thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like might be on the back side. Huge, huge shift. and we we, yeah. we have had this huge shift, and yeah. we don't know yet. Yeah, because I would say so. This this is like you know, and this is like a, you know one of those really, really, really grey areas mm. where you think very unpopular. We don't know. Mm. We people don't people don't slap their children on the bottom anymore. Sure, and we don't know because sure. I guarantee, you, for most of the society, we slap children on the bottom. Yeah, well, that, well, that's true. Certainly, the the kind of the mainstream is certainly and go down against it. There's no doubt in terms. And of I'm most not in any way. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking the question. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I that. certainly have never, ever, ever, ever laid my hand on my dare lay my hand on my daughter. Yeah, <laughs> be yeah. pushed to well, all in. <laughs> well, it gets back to that point of experiencing physicality because yeah. again, you 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 want to have the experience of it to mm. some degree. You want to have the world push back when you push it. Sometimes again, yeah. even from the point of view of narcissism, which is mm -hmm. a popular topic, isn't it? There's yeah. a sense in which there need to be some feedback mechanisms. Yeah, and there's also uh, this, sorry, sorry, excuse me, yeah, there's certainly. this kind of Zygernak effect, you know, with mm. this open loop concept. So if some, if you're going around and you've, you become fixated about 
possibility if you're a smaller person or something has happened yeah. to you, yeah. that opens up a loop which drains you. Right. And I've developed my own theory. Uh, I, you know, I suppose not even mm. a theory, but um, I suppose a rule of thumb I'm using. Yes. Is that if you are confronted with a, a risk or a problem and you don't have a strategy to deal with it, it stays mm. with you and it drains you. Okay. So yeah. if you're afraid of being attacked, mm-hmm. that's opened up a loop in your brain. And, you know, that's taken some of your cognitive load, cognitive mm-hmm. pressing. But mm-hmm. when, when you go and uh, um, and you solve that problem, mm-hmm. when you go and you take take action mm-hmm. and you take, you know, build a skill yeah. that give, now you know if this happens, this is what I will do. Very I good, believe yeah. it closes the loop. And that's the kind of my interpretation. I see what you mean. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if yeah. you know, does that, does that very quickly, does mm-hmm. that effect? Sure, go for yeah. it. Uh, it came out of uh, uh, Russian tea houses. Mm-hmm. And it was about basically when something happened, how it stayed in our brain. Mm. And the idea was that they looked at waiters, and it was the whole concept of an open loop. Mm. Uh, when when they had a huge Russian tea house, and when they had an order placed an order, you could go up to that waiter, and he could tell you, um, he could tell you that uh, exactly what his open orders were. But the minute he served the table, he had no idea what he had. Okay. So this, this, the brain somehow works in open loops, mm. and I believe. Uh, my interpretation of that is that, and I think if you have an argument, another example is if you have an unresolved argument with somebody. Right, right. That weighs on you. You know, mm. there's something going on that. So these are kind of programs running in the background. Yeah. Isn't it? Using a bandwidth, up, so to speak. Exactly, yeah. using a bandwidth. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and I think if you have an anxiety, if you have a fear about mm. that you might be assaulted, or yeah. if you have a fear, that program, that stress loop is running in the back. When Which, you take action, you close the loop. Which unfortunately can be a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes, can't it? Because your body language, you, you, yeah. you, you yeah. then, because you said, you then yeah. become um, anxious. Mm-hmm. Your body, you, mm-hmm. you affect your physiology. Yeah. You make yourself sick. Yeah. Can make yourself yeah. sick. You affect your, your, your demeanor. Mm-hmm. And therefore that demeanor tends to yeah. attract... Um, Petrus, yeah. It's a kind of a cumulative and a bit of compound interest on some of them too, isn't it? That it just keeps it keeps going on yeah. in a certain direction. Yeah. So a thing we've kind of met, I suppose, in a, in a couple of ways so far is this difference between maybe an emotion that comes forward and then response to it in, in, yeah. in some way. And there seems to be a sense in which we can't necessarily help the first, and though we're training over time, I suppose we can, we can modify emotional responses, but certainly we have a freedom to respond one way or the other. Yeah. There's also uh, extended from that this sense of acting from different places, and you know something you'll be well familiar with are shock and awe tactics. Yeah. So you know, that's interesting because you'll have, um, uh, let's say, military team, or you'll have a car full of detectives or whoever yeah. who will... You know, pull in in front of a, of a vehicle, let's say a car full of drug dealers or something, mm-hmm. they'll get out, they'll smash the windscreen, yeah. and they'll shout while Perhaps doing it. Door, yeah. The understanding being that they'll trigger a freeze response, yeah, so actually yeah. make it safer for everybody involved yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in, in the stop. Now, the interesting bit there, though, is they'll plan that over coffee weeks in advance. Yeah. So there seems to be this interesting thing of strong action from a calm place. Yeah. Or it's opposite Turning that can switch, be played yeah. with. And I think a lot of the time we have from a vulnerable place action or inaction isn't it rather than the sense of calmness and then deploying force or non-force yeah, or maybe somewhere <clears throat> in the middle which is probably hard to achieve from a non-calm place and i think yeah yeah it's an interesting way to look at but the thing is as you said you're usually pretty calm before you're being attacked especially when it comes out of nowhere so it's the ability yes. to switch yes and and, yeah. and again we were talking about this last night is 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 i think there's a couple of different things there like i'm a great fan of this <clears throat> the American military used this model called the OODA loop mm. to, exp- to very simply explain how the brain works. Yes. And what they do is um, 
I'll tell you, I'll give you a quick, you know, yeah, sure. one of, in one of my, in my course, I do this little game. So you remember where I get people to pretend they, they, they're facing somebody they've never met before in their life. And I pretend you're walking down the street and you meet your, they, your best friend. Right. And you have to role play the best friend. Okay. And people have never met this person before. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they're hugging them. Mm. Hugging a stranger. Mm. And then I say, okay. <clears throat> and then I say, okay. Uh, change the scenario. Uh, you're, it's a, you're with the same partner, but this time it's somebody you've never met before, and you're having a going for work interview. Yeah, go up and say hello to them, and exactly the same person, and the way they behave with that person is fundamentally different. Right. And then people, I say to people, so what was different? Oh, I says, well, it's a different person. No, no, it's the same person. Mm. What was different? Mm. And the meaning. Yeah, they put on the yeah. on the places yeah. what they've. And yeah. what I point out to them, I got you to hug a stranger mm-hmm. by controlling the frame. Right, <clears throat> right. I actually got you to think you were acting instinctively, but in mm-hmm. reality, you're acting. So there's this whole idea of the body instinctively nice. reacts based on the frame. Sure. And we think uh, it's not just instinctive, it's based on a frame. And one of the things that, uh, uh, linking that with another idea, is, is, is how people think. And that's the OODA loop, mm. which is observe, orientate, decide, act. Mm. That's a thinking model used by the U.S. Air Force. Mm. And what they say is, in order to, 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 to understand the situation, you first have to observe it. Mm. And then you have to orientate to it. Mm. Then you have to decide what to do, mm. and then you act. So it's the OODA loop. Yep. And if you interrupt uh, that loop at any point, you just have to go back to the start. Okay. So let's think about it. A bad guy sees you through his mm. OODA loop. Mm. He's observed you. Yeah. And now he's orientated to you as a potential victim Mm. he decides what to do and he attacks you now in that moment you act Mm. and now you're he 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 had a script Mm. he had a script that said your job is to screw up the script yes and you want to activate his ooda loop again so if he comes in puts you in a headlock and you do a response to a headlock which Mm. is pretty much ingrained Mm. to most people yeah uh, he's got to go he's basically saying oh shit you know Mm. i mean who is this person so very few people attack people they think are going to beat them up. Right. <laughs> Some deep psychology <laughs> so, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very few people. Yeah. So you have to understand. Yeah. He picked you because he thought he could take you. Right. Your job is to dissuade him of that mm. as quickly as possible. And when I talk mm. about you, that's your job. Mm. Your job is to make him go away. Sure. And the way I talk about you, basically, your job is to, is to inflict as much fear, harm, and damage until they go away. Mm. Mm. That's what you're doing, you know, you're, and, and methods for that can can include confusion as absolutely. well, isn't it? And, and, and when you talk about knocking patterns. off that script, essentially, yeah, yeah that we talk about the interview. Mm. We talk about that people when when, when they're looking at a vi- for a victim, they have certain uh, certain behaviors they'll engage in to yeah. assess your victim score. <laughs> right, right. How high are you on like the a credit scale? rating? Essentially, yeah, yeah, we're going to assess you yeah. exactly. And one of those things is an inappropriate abuse of space. Okay. You know, we talk about him back to this idea: how much space is appropriate. Now, mm. of course, you could be on a on a uh, you know a packed train, mm. or you know, but it's a very big difference. The way I always say to guys is: uh, if you go to Croke Park and you go to use the loo, mm. like it's okay to be crowded. Yeah. If you walk into a loo and there's fifteen places, there's and a somebody goes beside you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Con- so basically, space is situational, mm. and mm. I, I, I and basically the the big idea we we have is is understanding that there is a process to picking a victim. Right. And remember, your job is to make them not see you as a victim. Right. And that, right. and there's ways you can do that. There's everything from, and the be, the best way to do that is to understand how these guys operate. Mm. So, for example, use the space. Yeah. Use the space, and, <clears throat> and other things like uh, which I'm very keen of. Um, is the use of uh, particularly male and female 
uh, assaults is this mm. idea of of um, forced rapport. Mm. Mm. Or and the big big story is from Gavin de Becker's book. It was about this poor woman, and uh, she was going up um, her uh, living in an apartment in New York, and this mm. is the basis of his book, The Gift of Fear. Mm. And she was going up, to, and she basically had our you know our our, our, our shopping, and uh, she's going up the stairwell, and the the she kind of has this kind of um the bags burst and the tin mm. cans go rolling down the stairs mm. and she's going you know oh shit and then the next minute um she hears a voice very nice it's okay i've got them mm. and she goes in her body her amygdala yeah it's going to something not right here but this charming guy bounds up the stairs you know with her lost cans and yeah. he basically says you know here we are and her voice her body is going mm. her body is going no 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 but he's going look i've got your mm. i've got your stuff and uh and then she says um she says um he he says okay come on where's your apartment i'll help you i'll carry them to you mm. and she's going no 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 mm-hmm. and but he's saying come on we've got it and he looked at the, the, the famous line is he looked at the, the, the tin of uh, food Mm-hmm. He was having it says, "Look, we have a hungry cat to feed." Mm-hmm. So he did this thing called force teaming, mm-hmm. and it, it basically got them to say, "We have a common problems to solve." I see, and it's and that's if you ever think about it in the real world, mm-hmm. when we solve problems together, we get to like people. Sure, so it's what we call four. You have sure. to watch out for the four. So our body is telling our one thing, mm-hmm. which is get away from the sky, but the behavior mm-hmm. is telling another. So you've got this dissonance. Absolutely, and cognitive dissonance. Yeah, not wanting and, to seem impolite. Yeah, then, and, and, and oh my God, he seems so nice. And yes. the one thing I always say to women is. In sexual assaults, mm. the thing that most women say about the stranger was, he seemed so nice. Mm. So if you find, I have a little, still little things going yes. on. So watch out for forced teaming. Mm. So even though you don't want help, mm. and someone continues to give you help, mm. they're not helping you. Sure. Right. So when, and the second idea is, is trust your body. Yeah. Always trust your body yeah. more than anything else. Don't trust the voice because it's new. The body's eight hundred thousand. The body's five million years old. Yeah. The body talk. <laughs> the the mind talk is a hundred thousand years kid. Yeah. It's and it doesn't want to make scenes. Mm. The body doesn't care. Second thing is this concept called the no tripwire, mm. which I think is one of the most powerful things we teach. Is that if you've said no to somebody and they push through that no, mm. that should be like a tripwire going off, mm-hmm. like an alarm. You know, like spies have yes, tripwires. Yes. Military have units. They, they put tripwires around their bases. Mm. So if you've said no, thank you, I don't want to drink, and that person forced to drink on you. Mm. If you said no, I don't want you to dry to come to my door, mm. and they force. Mm. Yeah, so someone, so someone who ignores your no is mm. trying to control you. Mm-hmm. And what we want to have is these insights to behavior, so that that basically you understand space that they should only be in a certain space. Yes. If, they, if they basically you've tried to force team you and your body says no, mm. no. If you say no and they force you that no, these are points of escalation Wonderful. for you. you know? Wonderful. So. And this is uh, what you're kind of painting a map of, I suppose. There is applied consent. What yeah. this really means in practice, and you know, I suppose to be good at that requires uh, not necessarily something that's difficult, but something that we have to have developed which is a sense of our own autonomy our own agency our own space Mm. in the world and the problem is that doesn't always happen isn't it we end up just you know if you think about our our upbringing with parents teachers friends society religion media culture advertising etc and we kind of end up at a certain point where we hopefully wake up at a certain point and go who the hell am i where am i going yeah that could be quite existential but it's also quite practical because when you find yourself in one of those situations you're describing 
suddenly all of that is called into question. Where are these lines? Yeah. Where can I say yes or no? Am I being impolite? Am I doing the wrong thing? Yeah. That's going to remind you subconsciously of childhood where you didn't say thank you to somebody who helped you or you yeah. were given out. It gets kind of complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Unless we've asked those questions and rules. explore the rules. And I think yeah. one of the most important rules, and I think it's this is a rule of life, you know, yeah. as I said, I've trained as a therapist myself and, yeah. and I've done a lot of work in performance coaching. It's being okay with being wrong. Right. Being okay with being wrong. Important point. Being okay with being wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, like the growth mindset, I'm sure you come across uh, Caroline Dweck and her whole growth mindset. Wonderful stuff. The single biggest thing is you're being okay with things not working. Yeah, yeah. Fear of of failure, fear of being wrong is the single biggest thing that holds people back. Yes, absolutely. And being okay with being wrong, being okay Mm. with, like, understanding there are rules and being Mm. okay that sometimes you might be seen to be a little bit overreactive. Yeah, yeah, As long as you don't hit someone. (laughs) (laughs) And being okay with being rude. Like yeah. one, my, one of my like I, I my poor wife I I've kind of set of rules and, and like I, I I'm a real real believer in manners. Mm. I'm a real believer in manners because manners are a real indicator of respect for another person right. or or unwillingness to cause offense. Absolutely, that does not mean a manly person is a good person. Yeah, true. But if true. there's an absence of manners. Yeah, that's a good indicator. Yes, presence yeah. of manners is not necessarily. Yeah, but absence. Yeah, is is you know is like what's necessary but not sufficient. That's you know right. I mean? Yeah, um, but so I, I'm a real believer in manners. So mm. if manners get laps, laps, I might pay attention mm-hmm. because I think they're the first thing to go. And um, so I'm a, a big believer. If I feel someone's been quite unmanly and mm-hmm. rude or something, I just pay a bit more attention to them because mm-hmm. that could be an indicator. An indicator. Obviously, the other thing about being okay with no is is basically to have your lines, mm. you know, you know to, to, to have your boundaries yeah. and to know where your boundaries are mm-hmm. and to practice. Like the single biggest thing is, you know, like this whole kind of being true to yourself, mm-hmm. that people sometimes don't know their boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't say, say you do know them, but you don't set their boundaries. Sure. And they allow themselves to get walked on. And they, they, you know, so I think knowing, having good boundaries, understanding manners, understanding the, these systems uh, and understanding that most people who attack people are basically cowards because they're not going to pick on someone. And that's what I was going to ask you. Could you, uh, this is a big topic, but in your experience, what can we say about the mindset of the attacker? We've talked about the attackee for a while there and some of their options and consent, but the attacker, who is this? Are we dealing with a lot of different types of people who are doing the same thing for different reasons? Yeah. Or is there is there some kind of aggregate trend there that you see that you come across? I think across when it that? comes to violence, the thing you've got to understand is they think they're right. Mm-hmm. You're in different worlds. They think they're right. Mm-hmm. Very few people who engage in violence regret it. Mm-hmm. They don't wake up and say, oh, I'm sorry I did it. Right. No, I'm not talking about a drunken fight with somebody. Sure, I'm yeah. talking about somebody who people engage in repeat. Yes, yeah. They just see it. And they will dehumanize. They dehumanize. They, you know, what, what's the word? They, they um, they, 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 you know, like we, this happens in the world all over. It's mm. called, you know, uttering. Mm. is what mm. we do you know all these studies where people they put the kids in the school camps into different groups right and the women are great friends just put them in another group and you know you're another that's and right we have othering all over so people will mm. always put you if they want to harm you they'll put you into another gotcha and that other can be religion mm-hmm. seeing a lot of that going on in the world at the moment that other could be a football jersey mm. like i'm a great great fan i i lived in london uh i i have loads and loads of english friends but i'm sorry Come uh, two weeks' time, there's a rugby match coming on. <laughs> well, 
when you're when I'm in a green jersey and that guy's in a yeah, white yeah. jersey, there's a bit of othering going roles, on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're no longer my yeah. mate. You are my you're like I, like you're you're my enemy. Yeah. So you have to, yeah. that is the way we work: tribalism, othering. So people put you into different tribes, mm. they, but then they also have other things, which I think is very important is to understand. So you've got othering, mm. which is one idea. So they've put literally put you into a tribe in their mind that mm. you don't count. This is how Nazism did what it did. This is yeah. how we see what's going on in the world. People, there's a lot of othering going on all over the world in, right. in foreign policy in right. countries. And then we've got um, situations where uh, people just have learned that violence is a tool for them that works. Mm. Mm. So they've just it's worked for them, and 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 it's also their their go to strategy. And even in that moment, do you think that's sort of subconscious in a sense that they're not really thinking about it, or is it just that they prioritize their gain above another person's suffering? Yeah, I think I think I think they. I think the most important thing as I come back to is disassociation. They don't consider your suffering. Like we saw, it's not considered. They, they don't okay. consider. Okay. They don't. They don't see it as a yeah. as part of the same um, on, on the same model. Right. Right. They don't see there's a plus, there's a minus view and a plus for them. Sure. They see it as two sure. different. Uh, and they're on two different polarities. It's a bit like some of John Suler's work on the online disinhibition effect. How okay. People via the internet will yeah, do oh all kinds of things, whereas to face to face they would never consider it. Yeah. But just this removal, as you say, creates a disassociation. I have to manage my mood sometimes, and I and I remember like I people <laughs> sometimes come onto my Facebook page and say horrible things. Yes. And and uh, my, my 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 I I did it once, and it says <laughs> twenty nine having your old pop down. <laughs> I work with plenty of small business owners who have, you know, TripAdvisor or reviews yeah, or yeah, things yeah. like this is a common theme. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's back, but guess what this is? Disassociation. Yes. So we're, 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 you're putting that, and you're putting a bit of an, an people being anonymous here as well. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how people can be. True, when, when, true. When, when, and, and there's a big debate, you mentioned TripAdvisor, there's yeah. a big, big debate about this, about that surely, you know, if you go to court, you can confront your accuser. Yes. Is it fair that a stranger can go on and anonymously you should at least be able to write them or yeah. other people or write should. Them. Yes, like you can yeah. see that. Like an Uber, for mm. example, you know, you can write a two-way system. Yeah. Two system. Mm. So it is true. And, and there's no credentials like with these things that somebody mm. can, that, I think that's the way the world is going at the moment. Somebody can just, mm. anyone can say anything. Yes. You got the whole fake news right. idea. We're going off into different tangents, but yeah, nobody I'm very interested it, it, it in. all tie in. It sets it's the complex. frame. Yeah. It sets fear, creates fear in people's mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think it's hilarious to have um, Irish people go on about those damn immigrants. Yeah. The Irish yeah. people who are the biggest immigration across the planet. Right. And we, you know, because we're not, we weren't immigrants. Yeah. Like we were Irish. Yeah. So the otherness you're talking about, the disinhibition, it is true, isn't it? We, we seem to have the ability to put people into different categories yeah. and move completely in and out of different emotional profiles yeah. then as a result of doing it. And as you mentioned, we can even switch people from one category to the Absolutely. other, which is amazing. Yeah. But in some ways, although that's kind of terrifying, it's also kind of promising because it sort of points to the ability we have within ourselves mm -hmm. to change it. Because in those cases, you're not actually changing the reality necessarily, yeah. like your example of your training. It's the same person either way. But it shows that if appropriately trained and cultivated that yeah. we ourselves can adjust perspective quite rapidly but it's also to understand that you are you have cognitive biases yes you know what i mean yeah. you have <clears throat> the, the ways of behaving and 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 there are and there are processes for building trust yes yeah and it's quite i like i think i think you should be suspicious I think there's times mm. for being suspicious. Yeah. And there's things, there's times for being, like I think if you're a guy or a woman going home late at night, yeah, you yeah. should see the world through a little bit of a pessimistic lens. True. 
you know what I mean? True. Back to Jill Maher. True. Like she came out and she was had just had a lovely night out. And so the frame that she saw the world on mm-hmm. was probably, it's a re- the world's a great place. Lovely people. Everybody's, sure. you know, this whole day of, of emotional contagion that you've been just have great fun. Yeah. You're in a great humor. Therefore, the yes. world is a lovely place. There seems to be a big difference between risk assessment and paranoia, doesn't yeah. there? If you, if you think about like conspiracy <coughs> theory thinking versus just being prepared, they yeah. seem to be two different things. I, because like, for example, with fire extinguishers, you know, any good company is going to have the fire extinguishers in place. Now, you don't think about this constantly. You don't go around spraying them the whole yeah, time, yeah, yeah. but you don't not have you them either, there, isn't yeah. it? There's a consciousness around it. You kind of think yeah. about it occasionally. You do your checks. Yeah, and par- I think risk assessment is cognitive mm. and paranoia is emotional. Right, yeah. And I think, and it's just a, a funny story. Uh, well, uh, when, I, when I did practice as a, as a therapist, yeah. I had, and I really used to only do it with people who are trained. This guy I trained came to me and he basically saw the world in a very, very negative view. He was always afraid. Mm. And what I did was, uh, I, as an interim exercise, I got him to think about, do you remember The Terminator? Yes. The movie, and Terminator used to have a threat assessment. Right, yeah. And what I'd, I got him to do was, as he walked through the world, if he saw a threat, it's getting to score the threat. Mm. And then I'd say, but a rational score on it. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay, so your instinct is this is 10 out of 10. Now yes, let's just yeah. evaluate the yeah. location, the reality, and then he would just dial back to threat. Right, right. You know what I mean? Brilliant. And it, it was an intervention. So what that big to me, to me his, his basically good. his paranoia was emotional. Sure. And then we engage rational brain. Brilliant. And then you, you can practice that. And, and I think, you know, mm. risk, I am, and this is one of the things that, 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 that that surprises people i am much much more careful mm. than most people mm. and i for example you know i know there are certain points of risk sure. that you know and i talk about um the whole idea of planning mm. and planning going home i says if i was going to mug somebody if you think about mm. it, if you're going to mug mm. you where would you mug you yeah yeah there's better and <laughs> worse places yeah where, yeah. Where, where are you going to mug you and and people say to me well if, if i was going to mug somebody what would you do and, and they'd say, where would you go? And I said, what I would do is I'd learn from, um, I'd learn from polar bears. Mm. And what po- I remember watching <laughs> uh, what polar bears used to do. Uh, and one of a polar bear's heating stra- uh, hunting strategy mm. is to go and find an air hole where a seal has to come up. Mm. And what the polar bear, polar bear doesn't wander around looking for seals. Right. <laughs> he goes to an air hole. Yeah. And he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits. And one day... Uh, maybe over two days, yeah, when the, yeah. the seal comes up. When the seal c- c- gets commits to the air hole, it's so mm. thick, it actually can't get back down again. Gotcha. So he goes. So wouldn't you go and find a good place to attack someone and wait there? That's what they do in online video games at the spawn point, where players respawn. They just wait yeah, there and take they, them out exactly. as they come in, get their <laughs> no, scores up. Yeah, that's exactly. I remember <laughs> yeah. that one. But you know what I mean. So what I, just crime happens in yes. same places. Exactly. So uh, and crime good. happens down laneways because for a sure. reason because there's no one around. And because it's isolated. Yes. So if you go and you put yourself in the place where crime happens, yeah, the chance of crime happening to you is yes. higher. So, so we know that laneways, we know that these are yes, dangerous. We yeah. know that at the point in time in the world, these things happen. Most crimes happen at this time. And then we can avoid those. So in a sensitivity to that, and I think you know somebody could kind of look at it, I think, wrongly from the outside and say, this sounds like an awful lot of overthinking. Uh, Now, of course, it may be worth it if it protected you anyway, but I think there's actually a further point that it isn't. It may actually involve less thinking yeah. But just an awareness, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think you build habits. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Well, uh, it's well, not that you're, you know, thinking. Because actually the opposite can happen, isn't it? You're spending so much time thinking about danger, you're not aware in the environment yeah. you're in. And ironically, you're in another world, distracted away from the one you're in. Yeah. So it's a kind of a, an awareness of the present. I, th- 
I think I have two just a couple of things on that. I'm, yeah. Again, I'm a friend of I'm, I'm doing a course online at the moment uh, mm. on 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 um, philosophy, and I'm a great mm. fan of Stoics. Brilliant, and it yeah. comes back from one of my biggest lessons in life was when you have nothing. I had like a big big challenge about 15 years ago, and I pretty much lost everything, mm. and it was the best thing ever happened to me. Okay, and part and then I went. To, I spent two years living in Africa with three pairs of jeans and three or four wow, t-shirts. And wow. it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow! Like and I had, to, and so I'm a great believer. And so when it comes to the Stoics, like the, mm. my, my my view in life is, the survival rate from life is zero. Mm. You're mm. not getting out. <laughs> That's the <laughs> you're, best case You're getting scenario. out. So you're getting out. You're, you're getting <laughs> yes, out. Yeah. So the question is, how do you get out? Yeah. And when do you get out? Right. <laughs> and like any game, you're playing a game. Yeah. Like you know, you're play, you're playing a game. This mm. game called life, and there's things you can do that mm. gives you. And it's about the experience. Like, do you, you know, I, I like as I said, do you can contribute to the world? Mm. Do you give? You know what I mean? Are you a good? You know, because because that's the way we're wired. Yeah, we're happier. You know, all the research. You know, you know this better than mm. I do. I'm sure all the research shows we're happier when we're helping people. That's right. Uh, all the yeah. research. Uh, we're designed. Uh, we're designed to be pro. So it's not yeah. even pro-social. We're we're part of an ecology, Men isn't it? No one person is an think. island. Yeah, yeah, we want to be remembered. Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and I think it's all this thing is the, like, and and, and and karma does work. You know, I'm yeah. blessed. I'm blessed with the amount of like I teach people how to fight, mm-hmm. and I'm blessed with the amount of really positive things that have happened in my life for that. You know what I mean? Well, for that, and, and it's not I teach people how to fight. I teach people how mm. to control yes. themselves. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, 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 and so it's back to that. So the survival rate from life is zero. Mm. Like you're, you're going to get it. So it's about playing the game. Don't mm. you want to stock, stock the odds in your favor? Yes. And, you know, I have health insurance. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I could do it losing a few, a few pounds, but I still go to gym. Yeah. I don't smoke. It's all muscle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't smoke potential yeah. muscle potentiation. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't smoke. Um, I exercise. I you know I engage in positive life experiences yeah. to reduce stress. Yeah. I engage in a bit of mindfulness. All the positive because I want to be around. Like mm. I you know, I want to be here. Yeah. And one of those real, one of those things is I'm making sure someone doesn't snatch me from this mm. without my mm. snatch me because the other thing you have to remember when you get attacked. It's not just you being attacked; it's mm. your family. Mm. And yeah. this is why I say, if someone like you, you know, God forbid, uh, mm. uh, you you've got a wife and you've mm. got children, mm. so we, we can talk about the harm that goes on if someone. You know, I, I hope you still have your training. Absolutely. And you do a refresher, but I remember uh, we, we we have a refresher class, which I, we I give was for free. I was I was amazed. Okay, I'll take yeah. you up on that. But I was amazed how much I I've retained though, yeah. because uh, you know I want to get back to it. But um, it, it is incredible how much you do retain. Yeah, and even though. if you remember, like, I t- so to finish up my point is mm. that if you get harmed, mm. it's not just you who's being harmed. Yeah, it's your family. Right, it's your daughter your son again it's an they ecological have to live effect in that background you yeah i mean your wife you know what i mean like this yeah. is huge you know what yeah I mean? this, and, I, and i would say if you won't t- learn to protect yourself for yourself why mm. not do it for your family that's why this version of a wise selfishness is really the same as the care and the love of others if yeah, done yeah. right well, because yeah. of that ecological yeah, connection point with the people is the most yeah. self- being good I, my view of life helping out and being a good person and making friends is the most selfish thing you can absolutely. do absolutely i am an incredibly yeah. selfish person yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i yeah. really like making friends because yeah. it's it's the true. way we're wired. It's true. Very true. Yeah. Um, but um, and back to your thing, you, you're right. We we teach in the class in the course. We teach on the scale. Mm. So I basically the way the course started was I I um I had taken martial arts all my life. Mm. 
and I had karate and I could, you know, I could, you know, I had black belts and all that type of time. By the time I was 20 and sure. all that stuff. Couple of, and I, I loved it. And I basically, I'm a great fan of, and, I, and I loved all the positive aspects. I grew up in Finglas. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a, you know, a lovely, loving, uh, working class family. Mm. People didn't go to college. It wasn't in their mind to go to college. Yeah. I ended up, you know, training my ass off, mm. doing karate, developing very positive systems, going to Trinity College because I did martial arts. So it's Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So I'm a very, very, you know, great believer mm. in, in, in in the you know, in, in, in the physical experiences of that stuff. Mm. But um what I found as I got older is that I, I really felt there was a lot of people who just wanted to know how to protect themselves. Right. And it was a little bit like we were saying if you wanted to learn how to swim, yes. There was no <laughs> point unless you're gonna be an Olympian. Right, right. And there wasn't people just doing enough we're back to the swimming metaphor and it seems like that because with a lot of martial arts and and, and they're wonderful like i mean they're, they're great experiences but it seemed that even after a number of years you would have developed something excellently but it wouldn't have been self-defense yeah it's yeah and <laughs> like you even have, when they're you, good yeah and you have developed lots of very positive yes. life skills but it's not self-defense because no. i've trained them you wouldn't believe them at the black belts i've trained yeah sure yeah uh, but the other side of that is is so that's where we came and what happened was i was literally i had an it company and a consulting firm mm. and i sold out of it because uh, i basically really decided i was tired of making money for banks okay i really decided this is i just wasn't connected to this mm. i was pretty good at it. i was running a big i'd launched three or four banks that's what i did yeah for a living and uh i basically got got, got involved a few things and i said i took and i decided i was going to take this project on a kind of gap year mm. That's what it was. And nice. like I was 34, 30, like I'm 50 now, 34, nice. 35 at the time. I says, you know, I've been working in consulting for 16, 17 years. Mm. So what most people consider to be a quite a successful consulting career. Had my own company, mm. uh, sold it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go after this. And I'd read, you know, remember seven habits of highly effective yes. people. Yeah. And I'd read, you know, habit number two, I think, is uh, begin with the end of mind. And uh, I'd said, what's going on? There's a lot of people who want to know how to protect themselves, but there's no one really doing it. Mm. So I set myself the frame. And what I did was I said, what ifs, uh, do you remember that movie Minority Report? Yes. What if somebody came to me on Friday mm. and they somehow knew that they were going to get attacked on Sunday night? Okay. Nice so point. Went, and there's nothing you could do. And it was yeah, going to be attacked yeah. by two guys down the laneway. Yeah. And there was nothing you could do. Anything you did, the timelines would collapse and you're always back in that laneway being attacked. But you had two days mm. to be prepped. Mm. So that's why my course is actually called 24 Hours Self Defense. Okay. And I had 24 hours mm. to get you to a mm. point where you could survive and escape. Mm. And that is the frame. Well, there's some of that stoic pragmatism shining yeah. through. And yeah. there's constraints. I'm a great fan yeah. of constraints. Yes. Um, like one of my favorite questions as a therapist was when I used to be was if you have 30 seconds to solve this problem what are you mm, going to do fabulous <laughs> Terence Deacon the cognitive scientist has that nice example he uses in Incomplete Nature is one of his books he talks about okay. uh, he talks about an engine has its strength and its power because there's constraint because of the pistons yeah. if you imagine there were unlimited degrees of freedom it, yeah. it, there'd be no force yeah. it's only by constraining it that you yeah. then get the action and then you've got and some they, power and they say in innovation that mm. the most important thing you can do is book constraints on something. Right. And it's actually a great, great book. So we got off a topic, you know what? No, where, I think this where, is right it. Where yeah. we came from. And it's called A Beautiful Constraint. Okay. It's a great, great book called okay. A Beautiful Constraint. Check that out. And go and look at that. And I always, what I always look for when I, I have another business, I work for business owners mm. like yourself, I always look for the constraints and say, there's the opportunity. And life sometimes quite kindly gives us restraints, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but if you look, most people see constraints as the problem. That's right. And it's back to, you're back to, uh, you're back to, back to stoicism again here. Yes. The whole yeah. concept of the obstacle. Yeah. The obstacle is the way market already yeah. is. Like the, that, the, the thing you avoid is the thing, is where, or the thing that you think is holding you back 
is your is your is your growth potential. Yeah. So we seem to have a huge tendency, uh, and it's an ability I think that that leads to the problem to be able to move between different worlds. We're yeah. able to be present in the moment we're in. We're also able to leave this moment and be off somewhere else, thinking of something completely differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, uh, as we were connecting with in that moment of, of fighting or that moment of attack, sometimes that's the problem. There's a kind of a disparity between those two moments. The yeah. other person is off in another world thinking this couldn't possibly yeah, be yeah. happening. That's not the world I live in. Yeah. Whereas the other person, of course, is very much in this the world my, of what is, is happening. So that grounding or connecting yeah. those two things together seems to be seems to be critically important. Yeah, uh, could, could, could you say a little bit more on that about, you, you know the way you could be thinking everything's fine when it's not. Yeah. You could be thinking everything's terrible and imagining attack when it's not happening either. So yeah. so either way, there's a disassociation from the moment. What is that, not cynical, but critical, but attentive awareness to the present moment, do you think, in the middle? Yeah, I think we've got to look for triggers. Like, you know, like I think we've got to look for triggers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think, like, and I think, you know, you, you, you know I'm a great fan of... Um, you know, uh, Danny Kahneman's book, like uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Right, We right. only have so much cognitive, cognitive yes, ability yes. at a time. Yeah. And we've got to, first of all, build habits, mm. build safety habits. Like, mm. I'm glad, like, one of the things I try to do, you did, of course, mm. I try to install safety habits. Like, I have yes. this rule about space. Yeah. And I actually know, like, I'm teaching this great, if I can get you to, to, to trust your instincts, mm. to connect with your instincts, to, but that and and that alone could save you. If I get you to understand this so. idea of having your hands up and managing space, that alone yeah. is just disrupting the script in so many ways. Mm. So I think you 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 basically got to have rules. If you look at every system, every you look at pilots. If you look at everybody who operates under under high stress mm. situations, mm. Um, and you know they they observe, they always trust their instincts. They mm. train and hone their instincts. And they have triggers, mm. and they always act on the triggers right. immediately. Right. Like my wife is uh, a medical scientist, and there's rules, mm. and those rules are not are not are just not breakable. Right. And so one of one of those rules is, for example, if you're a blood, if there's blood, if there's a, if there's a packet of blood, mm-hmm. so that blood has a life cycle, has a lifetime, yeah. and that blood mu- say must be used by eleven fifty nine tonight. Yes. And that blood is the same blood. Yeah, and if somebody needs that blood, the, the fridge will let right, you take that right. blood out until eleven fifty eight, eleven fifty nine, and at twelve midnight, That's you can't it. take the blood out. So it's like the thinking is done in advance to yeah. allow more freedom yeah, in the, the moment. Yeah, intention. So you, I think you can never solve that problem in the moment. You can right. only act in the moment. I'm thinking of Captain Sully when he's landing in the Hudson, mm, and Ruby you know when Hudson, he's praised yeah. for it, he's saying, "Well, look, I'm literally following my checklist yeah. in that moment," yeah. and he's yeah. describing it and he's doing it to the letter. Yeah. And of course, the training is to do that, isn't it? it is to follow yeah. the checklist in that yeah. moment. He's not ignoring the fact there's a problem, yeah. nor is he panicking and thinking of everything that could go wrong. Yeah. He's systematic aware in that moment yeah but there's something really interesting that as well though because the you know the movie's out and, mm. and i'm a great fan of that story yeah you know, it's obviously it's a great story but um he was they wanted him to go to different airfields mm. they were offering him okay like, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. offering him alternatives yeah. but he just knew at the rate first of all no one had ever drilled that specific uh problem ever right that was the first. Right. No one ever conceived right. that these engines, these things at yes. that height, at that rate of climb, yeah. whatever go out. So no one had ever, like, they drill everything, of course. Yeah, right? sure. That had never been drilled. Mm. So he just knew in his body, back to, you know, remember, body, yeah. uh, uh, and, and, and that, that he knew at the rate of height and the rate of, he was never going to make it. Mm. And the, But the guys were disassociated, mm-hmm. watching this on screens, they were working, they were running mathematics. Mm. 
he just knew he was in the plan. Mm. And I think that is just an amazing example of someone trusting their instinct. Like, you build your skill, sure. and your sure. instincts come from your, sure. your, as I said, your instincts emerge out of your application sure. of, of habits sure. and skills over years. But in that moment, he acted. Mm. Yeah, And if he had tried to get, as was requested, and the other thing he didn't want to do was fly across the city. Mm-hmm. Because... He was he, yes, he's trained, he, he knew. He's trained not to crash this thing. Well, and it's like when we drive or even when we walk, isn't it? There's not an awful lot of thinking happening if we're yeah. doing it well. It's feeling it. We know yeah. our clearances, acceleration, yeah. deacceleration, clearing spaces. Yeah. It's felt, isn't it? If you're doing parkour, free running, yeah. th- there's no time to think, isn't it? There's this, this he, responsiveness. It's, it's linked to, you know, this stuff. Uh, who's it? Andrew, is it Eric Anderson uh, and, Bo- and Bowmeister? So you got two okay. guys. And you got Bowmeister who talks about willpower mm. and habits. Mm. And you've got Anderson, I think it's Anderson, mm. Erickson Anderson, uh, who talks about uh, deliberate practice. Right. And this whole, his stuff is, is, uh, is um, work was mis, mis, I suppose, misquoted in um, the 10,000 hour. Oh, the 10,000 hour. hours. Yeah, 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 sure. It's kind of misquoted. Yes. And, and, you know, yeah. uh, who was the guy who wrote that? But, um, yeah. The New Yorker guy. Yeah. But anyway, he, uh, he it says, yeah, I wasn't saying the same thing. He was just using an example. Right. But, but Anderson has this idea of deliberate practice. Mm. And Bowmarster has this idea of limited willpower. So we only have so much, like, willpower. You know, mm. we wake up, the, the, his yeah, theory yeah, yeah. is we've got this reservoir, like your computer, Gets depleted, like your computer yeah. game, you've got an energy force. Yeah. And, you know, right. you know, and our willpower is used by our inhibiting reactions. Like, if you're in the car sure. and somebody cuts across you and you go to shout at them and you don't, yeah. you're using willpower. <laughs> yeah. But when you try to learn something or do something hard. Yeah. yeah. And I really love this stuff about when... You look at somebody learning something or processing something, and you look at the neurology and mm. under you know a scanner, the neurology is just lit up like a city. Yes, one of those cities. Yes. But once they've practiced, used, yeah, practiced and built yeah. into a habit, yeah, they, it goes down to part of the brain called the basal ganglia. Yes, and when you look at the light, that's now they're 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 doing the task. Yeah, and there's only a glimmer. So the energy loads. Yeah, it becomes automaticity, yeah, reflexivity, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so to me, what we, we only have so much, this is it, you have a finite amount of, sure. of, 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 of energy to deploy somewhere. Yeah. So what we, in our training, I, that's why I keep all our classes, our moves so simple. Right. Well built off the instinctive reaction. Right. And we really try to get you a set of habits and a set of insights that basically work with what the body does anyway. And then we give you cues and triggers. I remember you speaking before about speed, strength, and stress. So I guess yeah. the model wasn't it yeah. in that. Could you say a little yeah. bit about that? Well, I, 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 there, there, there's a few different ones that go. And yeah. one, of, one of my favorite ones is lead with speed and devour mm. with power. Mm. Like get into the fight mm. if you're being assaulted. So this is back to so where yes, we, we drill. Yeah. If you think about, we drill you if you're touched and you get a fight, you move. Right. You yeah. just anything conditioned response. It's anything. Yeah. Get in. Get yeah. in. And if you remember, there's lots of exercises with your eyes closed. So we have a whole. Yeah. Like I did a lot of training in experiential training. And there's a lot of things we get you to, for example, to move, have your eyes closed so you're walking off touch. Mm. Like, like sight is overrated sure, in, in, in yeah, combat. Yeah, yeah. It's the first thing to give your eyes get blurred, your sweat, point, yeah. everything. So people trying to look, mm. oh, you feel. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. on that sensory level, because because that's what stood out to me, I think, in a few things you, you you've said is how non-tactile we can sometimes be. Yeah. I know IKEA had a new range out there a while ago mm-hmm. where they they had some designer come in for them, and they're talking about there's like burlaps, and you can feel it and its texture. Yeah, and they're talking about a world where we're often looking at things on screens and we're not you know, yeah. making physical visceral contact yeah. with things. Yeah. Doing something like that, there seems to be an awful lot to it that you you're you're, you're literally 
having experience with people. You're touching people. You're connecting yeah, with people. Do. That doesn't always happen. Do. I think I, the, the key driver for me yeah. is how this feels in my hands. Like we're, we're tactile people. And on this note, this feels wrong just sitting down here. I feel like I want to get up with you. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. You're moving, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. And I relate. So, so basically, and then of course, what the, the other thing is, we have levels of intimacy and yeah. touching another person is a big deal. Yes. And we know it, Yes, right? absolutely. And I think Morris, the guy, Naked Abe guy, mm. Desmond Morris, he mm. wrote a book on human intimacy. Right. And he basically pointed out that there's 12 stages to intimacy. Yeah. Which go through from eye to eye mm. all the way through to genitals. <laughs> right. Genitals to genitals. Right, right. Like, and there's 12 steps and you need to follow those steps. That's a different it, 12 steps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the, the point is that if you skip those steps, it's a big deal. Right. So like, so a lot of the intimacy is like eye to eye. Yeah. You know, look, look to look. Hand to hand. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Body to body. Shoulder to touch I the shoulder. I don't know what Krav Maga would be. Yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. a whole different thing. So it's instinctive as we understand yep. that you shouldn't just touch somebody. So that can work against us. Mm. You know, when we get confused when somebody breaks that. That's that, right. That. So what happens is somebody, for example, touching someone in the face mm. is a big deal. Mm. You certainly wouldn't do it to somebody you yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And you know in certain cultures, touching a child on the head is sure, to be yeah. for, you know, so this is my thing is when someone touches you, yes, it's a sh- it's and, and you don't know them. Mm. If you are not prepped for that and you don't have a trigger for that, it's a big deal and you go to confusion. Right. So you don't right. want to have a trigger. Yeah. So basically, my my and remember to touch you, you have to get into your space. Yes. Yeah. So it's back to all this idea of understanding space that brings you cognitively present. Mm. And it is that idea of just stretching that range of sensory experience sometimes, Absolutely. isn't it? I mean, whatever about even fighting or good technique, yeah. it is just awareness of that. Yeah. If you were to just literally go into a room with people and as they have contact in different ways, yeah. different forces, using different senses, yeah, feel it. Yeah, that, that builds so much more control. Yeah. And your point is very valid because, you know, part of the training is being the bad guy as well. Right. You know, like we always think. Remember, we, do people enjoy that? They generally do. Or? I think it's very interesting to uh, like one of the things we do, as you know, is we, we at one point in the drill we get people to shout very loud. Yeah. And I always and I teach a thing where we've shown you who who basically remember pretty nasty now. Okay. Yeah. Pretty nasty. Pretty nasty, and uh, where we get people to practice sticking their yeah, thumbs yeah. into someone's eyes, yes. <laughs> which is not something we do on the first date, but uh, but uh, but it's like, it's it's pr- yes. pretty serious. Yeah. But uh, then I get people to shout at people, like I want you to shout and yeah. go away. And a lot of people don't want to shout. Yeah. A lot of people are secretly saying, "Can I just stick my fingers in their eyes?" Okay. <laughs> and can I play I, along. <laughs> yeah. But I point out. If you won't shout at somebody, you aren't going to stick your fingers in their eyes. You know what I mean? There's, right. there's a sequence right. of events. Well, know? there's therapies built on that alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A whole sequence. yeah. He has a whole sequence. Yeah. Like, like in, in, yeah. in LP land, they used to call it neural bridges. Right, like, right, like, right. Like, you know, just step yes. by step. But and uh, but 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 the the big thing here is that you know, as all the way back to touching somebody, mm. shouting at somebody. These are things that normal society doesn't want us to do. Yes. And that's for very good reasons. Yeah. But And when those rules are fully observed by everybody, mm-hmm. then it's great. But when someone breaks those rules, we need to be able to act. And this must be a concern that, that you're asked, oh, is it dangerous teaching people how to fight in that yeah. sense? And it wouldn't have been my initial concern. I would have thought the opposite in some ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's dangerous for people not to have an understanding of their ability. Yeah. But at the same point, you can see why somebody might ask the question. What, what, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I think that the people who are going to attack you will, won't, won't, won't put that investment into their skills. They'll just get two or three mates. Right. Or they'll get a weapon. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to go off and build themselves up. Like muggers don't go to mugger school. No. You know what I mean? People don't go to special school to learn how to attack people. Right. They just do it. And what happened is they live, they, they swim in the ocean. 
Mm-hmm. They just do it. They have the yeah. experience. They have the experience. They understand that what it's like. They understand the confusion interrupts mm-hmm. that happen with people. Mm-hmm. They understand that most people, if they they, they do their best to try and pick people, who they um who who uh they 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 can frighten. Mm-hmm. They do their chance to shock people. Yeah. They, they they basically rely on people's unwillingness to harm another person, right? As a weapon. That's why it works. Yeah, they very, and that's why it works. And mm. and 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 that is why when like the the statistics are phenomenal. Mm. And when someone goes to harm you, when you fight back, in a vast amount of things, they don't go okay. Look, we've got a good one here, and continue. Mm. They go get the hell out of here. Yeah. And and if you had to go back to all the advice, you know, all these really horrific guys, that, you know. Uh, a lot of this research comes from the stage, you know, these yeah. really nasty guys, Boston Strangler type guy. And right, stuff. yeah. And when they go in and look for them, and when they go in and, uh, and basically ask them for their, when you ask the, the bad guy for what advice would they give, and mm-hmm. they say always fight, make as much noise, never believe lies and threats. This is one of my things. Mm-hmm. Never ever, the Boston Strangler used to go up and he used to, he used to, and he was a really nasty piece mm-hmm. of work. And he used to go up and he used to say to the, the person he held, do what I say, and I'll let you go. Mm. And guess what happens to the people who believed him? Right. They died. It's an interesting point because that does that seem like a trustworthy person to begin with? Yeah, exactly. it? But, but yet we, see, we do go along with believe, it. We, we have that compliance. We want yeah. to believe. Yeah. We, we, believe, we want to believe it. Right. So, so we have to. I, so one of my things is uh, don't believe lies or threats. Gotcha. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because the, that, that other world I was talking about that the person's in, where they're thinking, no reason, this couldn't be. My world is a safe world. Yeah. This is how I see the world. Yeah. Out of a goodness, I see other people as being as ethical as I yeah. am in that way. This couldn't be happening so in a sense we're lulled hypnotically aren't we Absolutely. into believing uh, yeah, what and, we're told and rapport and all that yeah stuff. we want to believe this it forced rapport idea yeah. like yeah. We, 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 somebody does something for us reciprocity right that we actually feel and we're hypnotized you know, Absolutely. and that's a really good point and and as i said what i meant to say there is never believe uh we never believe promises or threats right a promise is i won't hurt you why does someone yeah. need to promise you they won't hurt you Right. It's because they, that's right. a weapon to le- enable them to hurt it's like you. Like the police forces, uh, without fear or favor, yeah. as well, isn't it? It's like that. It's just this neutral point yeah. that we're aiming for between. And the really big one is to never believe threats, mm. because the threats are to try and get you to do something. Right. That puts them in a better place. Mm-hmm. Like somebody says to you, "Get into the car, or I'll do this." Right. Yeah. So the threat has that, that you. They're not. You are not where they need you to be. Right. Right. So the purpose of the threat. Yeah. Is to get you where they need you to be. Right. So you don't believe threats either. Right. And one of the most famous, like this this one's been on Oprah, which is never allow yourself to be taken to a secondary crime scene. Okay. Which is back to threats and promises. Right. No matter what, never, ever. If someone confronts you in a lane anyway and he says, you know, mm. say get into the car, I won't hurt you, or say sure. get into the car, then right. basically uh, just don't. Just yes. Decide to, decide to, one of the things I die there. Right. Because they're not prepared to and This is part of this kind of foot-in-the-door principle as well, isn't it? That, of course, it's not that anybody might be okay with any bit of that, but they're more okay with something that seems smaller. It yeah. seems a little safer. Yeah. It seems like, at worst, dying now or getting into a car. Now, from those two options, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But, of course, we need to aggregate all the future possibilities as well to do a fair comparison. And you take the statistics, which, again, I'll... It's one in my head, whether yeah, it can be sure, checked, but sure. there's something like the amount of people who go to secondary crime scenes who are never seen alive again. So the rule right. is, so it's back to rules. Yes. Simple, yeah. you ask me, how do you make such a, how do you take such a complicated world mm-hmm. and basically, first of all, space, yeah. so we don't care why, we care mm-hmm. how. Yeah. Uh, we do things like we control our space. Right. We watch out for, we trust our body. Mm. 
we trust our instincts. Our instincts, we basically look for no tripwires. Mm. One of the things I, I like to do is if you find yourself, I talk about the trust formula mm. and what it takes to build trust. Mm. And trust is, in my opinion, is behavior over time. Mm. Okay? Mm. So it's consistent behavior over time. Mm. A, but so if you find yourself trusting somebody too quickly, mm. it could be an indicator of you being manipulated. Okay. Could be an implication of forced rapport or active reciprocity. Yeah, all been active acted on you, hypnotizing you. Mm. It just uses that. Yes, two beasts can be compliant. So if you mm. find stuff going, oh, he's really nice. He's really this, mm. or he/she is really nice, and you've only known them half an hour, a couple of hours. Mm. This could be maybe time to take a pause and plan. Yep. Yeah, and that awareness just seems to be a big part of it. Yeah. Taking some of the principles we talked about there and thinking about the future of, I suppose, education and, you know, I mean that in a very broad sense, there seems to be a complaint which comes up in many different places. The classic places, Ken Robinson's TED Talk on Do Schools Kill Creativity and, you know, many other versions of that. But there seems to be a sense in which generally people like us and people who are listening to this having these kinds of chats that we have seem to be of a fairly... Uh, a fairly common opinion that education isn't what it could be in terms of its breadth, I suppose. Bringing in the physicality, bringing in health, bringing in communication skills, interpersonal psychology, that these seem to be extremely important, grounded, basic things. There's, I suppose, a romantic notion that we pick them up as we go along through life that may have happened if you're in the right tribe at the right time. It might not, though. What what, what do you think about taking some of what, what you do in your learning and thinking... I don't know, 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years ahead to an education system that in some way instills, not dogmatically, but gives people exposure to these ideas. It lets them learn practically. What, what might that look like? Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I love what you said there about education. And I think there's a, uh, I, I really like the idea of environment as nutrition. As nice. mental, as nice. emotional nutrition. Nice. As and the model that I've been come across was this idea that as we all have our innate needs. Yes. So our needs to be secure. Yeah. Our needs to be connected. And the needs we all know Maslow and Maslow yeah. is great and is great framework, but you know it tends to be hierarchy. But it's sure. not really hierarchy. I think people are born into web and they're like balanced. Yeah. And we think that once I'm here, I move on to the next one. We're always working no, on them yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And I think the things about security that we, we like. We, I think when Maslow coined it, we very much thought about like food and shelter and sure. caveman type stuff. You Sure. I mean? Where security these days is about uh, am I being am I being bullied on Facebook? Right. Or, or right. am I going to? So so I think we've got a we've got our needs and we've got to understand that the, the needs are are, are are there. And then we've got what I really love is this idea of our resources mm. and that nature uh, imbues us with a set of resources, mm. capability, potentialities. Mm. Yeah. And they are like an imagining brain. Right. You know, and a brain a brain that can plan, imagine. They have the ability to build rapport. Mm. They have the ability to uh, to dream, yeah. like dreaming as a, a dreaming as a way of relaxing the body after mm. the days. And then we have lot, lots of like so we got we got the ability to build rapport, the ability to dream, the ability to imagine. You know, and the, and 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 the, the ability that what I really love is this idea of a metaphorical thinking and metaphorical brain we can learn from analogy we can learn from right you no know, like my i always talk about rugby i'm a real rugby fan yeah, so yeah. i would say are we on the back foot or yes you know, if you're yes. In, the, in your day are we sprinting here or are we rocking sure. you know what i mean like sure. and we can we can apply those things so i really love this idea of of of, of the purpose of education as a mm. way to help you meet your needs but grow your resources mm. and then mm. so 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 in in, in self-defense mm. uh, i think you know, in learning, it teaches you to stretch yourself. Right. It teaches you, it gives you self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. Self-efficacy breeds efficacy. 
Yeah. You know, when you, yep. you engage the growth mindset, you know yeah. what I mean? A growth mindset teaches you to, that it's okay to, to fail. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the biggest thing that people see is like, is that, and ultimately we're going to fail. Mm. Like ultimately there's mm. going to be a stop mm. Mm. and it's, it's how you yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. And then building resources, like, like, you know, uh, building, building your abilities. Right. And I think that's what education is about. Right. And I think it's the physicality of, I think we are at the, re- at, at, at it, we are until we hit the, um, the synchronicity or whatever when they when when mm. they do load the brain up yeah. into Diamante's <laughs> idea when they do load the brain up yeah. into the computers we are effectively a, a physical being and our physical our physiology our physical well being is more is incredibly important than our mental well being and it's almost like there's some sort of a I don't know industrial revolution type split between people who think and people who do isn't it in, in some yeah, way the this is worker. weird <laughs> yeah. yeah and and that seems so unfortunate it, it it seems maybe it's just me but I love the idea of finishing geography class and being covered in mud yeah do, yeah, do, do yeah you know and what I mean fact, there's something like, just, y- y- <laughs> yeah and, 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 and it, it is yeah I totally and as you, you you see it like I, I have as I said I'm, I'm teaching a class tonight yeah. and there'll be guys you know ranging from the age of 30 to, to 70 yeah, and yeah. they will be wrestling yeah they will be yeah. b- the same guys who are back on the at the forum or whatever in the greek at the greek state at the greek um amphitheaters yeah and they were there were socrates was chatting away before he went and had a wrestle yes yes <laughs> you, know, you know you know what i mean or or engaged in swordsmanship or whatever it is absolutely they did. and yeah. this idea and I, I really think back to what you said there the Sto- like i really love the idea of, of the stoics which is the Sto- philosophy as mm. as a warrior the warrior right. philosophy beautiful as opposed to the librarian philosopher. It's the uh, well-roundedness you mentioned, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 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 and the doing. Like, we are emergent. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you can write all the treatises on walking. Right, right. You can write like right. all the... Right. But, but and no kid is going to learn to walk from reading your treatise. He's going to learn to nice. walk by falling a lot. Very nice. You know what I mean? And, so bringing that in, so of course, lots, lots of things are happening in that area, and I, I suppose what inevitably happens is, you know, is things get incubated in their own form first, and then maybe they become more mainstream, hopefully, yeah. with time. And you know, things like martial arts tend to be classes. It's not considered mainstream education. It's considered a good thing you do, yeah. but it's not considered core education. The same with, I suppose, music lessons has become more incorporated yeah. maybe into schools. I mean, PE, things like that exist as well. Um, it seems like we like to get the physicality in. I know one thing that's happening of course there's a lot of stuff with virtual reality and augmented yeah. reality where they're saying look you know using the example of the geography class at least let's stick on the headset and actually look around the location yeah you know rather yeah. than just talk about it in that way uh is the room do you think for them to be bridged to some degree the yeah, physicality I'm using, in there uh, i i am a great fan at the moment uh, of, of a, a website called free of, a, of an app called freeletics don't mm. you know freeletics no we can link to it yeah it's a it's a it's a fitness coach okay and uh, it's an app, yeah. and it gives you workouts. Yeah. And what what's going on is it basically. Uh, so on my app, I want to do a workout. I have it's like I have my my my, my virtual coach. Yes. Has yeah. given me a workout. Now, he took my age, took my my current fitness profile. He gave me a fitness test. Uh, that must be scary. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you, get, do you get a number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I type it all in. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you could do press yeah. ups. You, you hit the timer. You're told to do things. Stop the timer. Okay. And it's all based on 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 this kind of uh, amalgamation of everybody else's results. Yeah. And he gives me a workout. Mm-hmm. And then I do the workout, and he times me doing the workout. Okay, nice. And yeah. I give, I tell him how how ten affects me, how hard I found. Could I do more? Okay. And this this workout keeps um, being more, and I love it 
mm. because he keeps changing my workouts. Brilliant, brilliant. So and I've got and he and, and there's a there's, there's communities online communities. There's a mm. there's a Dublin Freeletics Facebook mm. group where people then set goals, they've leaderboards, and to me it's this it's this real idea of uh, like it's it's enabling me exercise. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's not virtual, but it will be. I'm sure yes, or augmented yes. reality. Yeah. But basically, I have a coach uh, on my app. Yes. And and it's a, not just a guy giving me generic. Here's ten exercises. To do. Mm. He's taking in my feedback. He's tracking me against other people. Mm. You know, mm. and they do all this. What's learn? You know, this machine learning. Sure. So it's kind of the hope isn't it that it will go full circle from a kind of an almost an arrogance post-industrial revolution setting aside of good honest physical movement yeah. that we can move in a kind of intellectual space. But hopefully we develop great technology and then it helps us move all the way back again into physicality. In yeah, yeah, it freezes up. I think yeah. that, and, and, and to be honest, that's what's happening with yeah. me with, me with free athletics. Let them support each in other. In the past, I'd say, oh yeah, you can kind of, go, of course you can, you can get a worker off the internet, you can do the seven minutes workout or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, but this, I get points like, like nice, you know yeah. like that's the game yeah so i get points you know what yeah. i mean and i get points against other people yeah because <laughs> we even see that with like virtual reality technology or consoles where okay it's it's a headset but at least you're moving your head around now uh then they're adding on um uh conveyor belts that you walk on there's yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. There's motion that, sensors that, yeah, so you can see you're getting back into it again what used to be very passive and was watching tv yeah now has become an immersive and, thing again yeah, and, and exercise you're and i think you're there's moving. a huge potential but i think yeah, yeah it's 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 i think it's a very interesting potential i think mm. uh like i think we you know we've got uh a lot of it's a long way to go, and I think yes. it's going to be a lot of divergence. But yeah. I think ultimately, ultimately, when I look at it, and I, you know, I've, I, it's a weird, weird experiment when you, when you basically have spent, uh, you know, as a person who's kind of done a little bit of research on how the brain works mm. and all that type of, and then you go and you basically go in and you train people. Yes, in very yes. physical, brutal, visceral concept. Yes, yeah. and then you, what's more important is the people you meet. Right. You know, like I have, like, I, like, like, like yesterday the weekend, there was a French doctor in my class yes. with his son. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was, uh, you know, I have everybody. And I, I always had this thing, I have, like, I, I jokingly, like the amount of emergency ER doctors have done my course is really? quite interesting. Really? Oh, dear. <laughs> it's, like, it's a bit of a weird one. Are you sending them say. to you? Is yeah, it yeah. A loop? yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a loop. Yeah. But they're learning self-defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're learning yeah, to harm sure. And, 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 you know, and I remember this guy, who was a, neuro, a, a neurologist, and I was teaching a move against really bad. And this neurologist is shaking his head, and he's kind of mm. going... Any idea how much damage we're going to do here <laughs> from his and lens? He, I'm yeah, sure, him, yeah. But he's doing the move, so you kind yeah. of have that weird loop, you know, the, yes. the snake eating and stuff. So I think, um, yeah. So I think, I think we've got a. I think inherently, when you come back to people, when you, mm. inherently when you come back, people are people. Yeah. And remember, we've had technology bursts all our. Uh, my favorite one is uh, from I remember a book I read years ago was um, that the people don't understand, often understand the actual. Te- a technical breakthrough that the transcontinental Morse code was. Mm. You know, if mm. you just think what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that one, it used to be news came every six weeks or mm. three, we say from the States to true, to, to yeah. UK or true, to Ireland. True. So, and then one day you could tell somebody how much corn was being sold out in, <laughs> in, um, in New York, New York Exchange versus the London Exchange. Massive implications. And now people could start engaging in arbitrage and then people start working late. 
Mm. Because now I used to be that I, you know, I was in the, I was in the, the yeah, city, the city in London, and I'd work my my nine to five, and I go to my coffee shops, and yeah. my. Uh, but now I I hang on because I know I'm going to get the the corn yeah. the the, the, yeah. the prices of corn yeah. from the US as it closes yeah. at nine o'clock my time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we've had technology changes all the time. And well, what about in therapy? Because uh, you know, a, b- a big part of my work is 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 really advocating this principle that therapy isn't a couple of people sitting in a room, a Victorian like room, talking mm-hmm. about something yeah. that can be therapy. Of course, that's fine, that's mm-hmm. important. But so much more potential is there if you think about how advertising works as a form of behavioral change. Yeah. It's much more distributed. It's social. It's you know, there's a lot of things going on. I like to think that many things can be therapeutic. Certainly, what you do is therapy. I think yeah. for so many yeah. people. It's important and um, therapeutic experiences. Back to your point, a bit of kind of an emotional nourishment. Essentially, we can have these regularly in a more distributed yeah. way. How might therapy change? Yeah, it's not just sitting so down. Agree. Can it be more moving? Can it be more experiential? Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I love that idea. I think fundamentally for therapy to to to, get, to go to its next level, though, I think its business model has to change. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think you want great therapists, but unfortunately, with the way therapy is going these ways, people are curing people quicker and quicker. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so you need which you, if you have a long waiting list shouldn't be a problem yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean yeah 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 you remember you remember the Freud I'd like to see your books of Freud, the Freud he needs a good 20 years of analysis <laughs> that's right that's right that's so right. I think that's an interesting uh, so I, I think um, I think therapy needs to be more I think that we need to blur the lines between people being broken I've been damaged very and people nice living point. fuller lives nice fuller point. lives yeah I think we we like and and you know I think we've had this idea that happiness is not the absence of mental of of, of mental fabulous point yeah yeah and this idea that you know I think we all need some level of coaching support and the yeah. world doesn't give us that yeah. anymore like yeah. we used to have mentors yes we used to have you know the old guy in the village that we looked up to exactly we used to have i remember working as a barman but way back in my days the old barman yeah he yeah yeah me how to pull a pint yeah. of guinness and yeah. was on the guy and so i think the, the, the therapy needs to move the, it, it, i think therapy is if you understand what does therapy mean you know yeah. as a word yeah uh and i think people see it as a negative something has to be mm. wrong with you mm. like i you know the, the the best thing you can do i just is go and get them you know your body is your body back to physicality the yes. best thing you do is get a sports massage before That's you right. need it right before the fascia That's right. before, you, before the fascia builds up before the, the thing mm. so i think um i'm a re- really big fan of of uh, like i i sneak so much philosophy and stoicism yeah. and yeah and growth mindset stuff into my classes Brilliant. and people and I think without people the realizing that they love it they like the classes much because of that well I'd say you're hitting both levels yeah. you're getting the physical you're getting the, the cognitive and you at gotta the same give time. people your yeah. belief in themselves yeah. and yeah. I think there's so much and I and I think I think we're keeping a lot of the stuff we know secret right too much right like I think we've just rambled off. I don't have any different you're, ideas. You're, you're right there, though, about, about about therapy because it's such an old and sort of a strange model to begin yeah. with. And it's not that it doesn't work, but it's it's that you know we can do better. I, I yeah. think. And again, to constrain it in, in in such a limited way seems unnecessary. Now it becomes a bit more complicated, obviously, yeah. when you try and facilitate people and having a range of experience. Again, yeah. it starts blurring the line between entertainment and yeah. just yeah. social interaction and experience. But I think we could maybe think of therapy as a, a kind of an intentional approach to those things. Yeah. 
isn't yeah, or it? Is it Ensuring education? we have a balanced diet. Or is it education? And it can be that. And, and, and as you said, preventative. Yeah. And hugely important is the point you're making there about it not being about something broken. Yeah. I mean, this notion of things being broken isn't a very naturalistic way of looking at things anyway. Yeah. I mean, whatever your view, if you if you believe in God, you think there's a plan. If you believe in an evolutionary yeah. description, evolution doesn't have right or wrong. Yeah. It yeah. just has developmental, it has fitness, it has adaption. There's no real one argument out there that things being broken make sense yeah, with it. And also we time fix it. Like, you know, we're, we're emotional beings. You know what I mean? And what I think one of the biggest things we've, we've, we've done, you know, this whole thing, emotional avoidance. Yeah. I think we need to learn to process yeah. uh, and help people process emotions. Well, that's a big part of it. Process. It is. We're going through something in, 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 in uh, and I can learn, and I, 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 I quite this to myself mm. uh we're going through a bereavement in our family at the moment yes, yeah. and and just processing sadness absolutely and it's there yes and like and i know myself and i had this conversation with my wife uh, recently is that we're, we, we do emotional avoidance absolutely and i think we and i think as the world is in some ways the world comes to start with, with facebook and all that we have to be happy 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 absolutely like you know like yep. no one's ever sad in facebook yep. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah I mean, like, <laughs> and then and then this whole idea of you know fomo for people suddenly yeah. people everything i'm a loser because i'm yeah, yeah. on my own tonight yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. i've done selfies and um but um so i think this idea of understanding and learning how to process emotions That's right. and that we're inherently and uh, and i used to be i would be i would have been an emotional avoider uh, i would mm. i would not i would not deal with sadness yeah and i would not deal with uh with, with, with even pessimism mm-hmm. people being pessimistic and then i think you then I, I i did some training myself and i just learned you know process it because mm-hmm. the more you push against it yeah the harder it kind of it solidifies you know and right? that's it because you do learn so much don't you yourself within your again this kind of wise selfishness kind of a yeah. point true facilitating and helping others yes yeah. oh empowering the amount you learn isn't it from the people yeah, you yeah, work and, with and, and I think, and as I think, a practitioner yeah, yeah. yeah as, and I said exactly yeah and, mm. and as I said one of my wife would say we're just dealing with this thing let's just process this and, right. and with, like the bereavement we were looking at photographs nice. and being sad nice you know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then you put it aside, you yes. know what I mean? And, and 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 I was helping just on the other side of this, I was helping somebody recently and he was stuck in mm. processing bereavement. Mm. And one of the things we did was uh have a time for bereavement. That's right. You know, I'm sure yeah. this is a classic. It's a yeah. it's a classic. It's like, you know, okay, just park it. Right. You're gonna be sad. But we're gonna like on Sundays, you know, we would say on Sundays between ten and one Absolutely. that's Give it some space. That time. Yeah. It's sort of an air, an air traffic control of feelings yeah. and thoughts, and, and, isn't it? And, and don't deny it. That's right. But just allocate it. You and know there right? seems to be, in that processing, there seems to be a space between obsession on one hand and repression on the other. Yeah, yeah. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Where you can just process, progress. Yeah, and you want to just let it go. Let it in its own way. Yeah. Exactly, naturally. So I think, I, I so to back to education mm. and all that thing, I think fundamentally we are visceral, physical yeah, human beings. Yeah, like, I remember. Like, I remember did t- Tony Robbins. Uh, t- uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a great, 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 interesting character over the years. I've done yeah, some sure. stuff. And he basically has this idea of your body as a spacesuit for your consciousness. Right. Right. Like you know, and if you're on the moon, you <laughs> that's know one way. But yeah. <laughs> it certainly took me a yeah, while yeah. to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go back and say, you know, if you if like, and that's what it is. It's it's yeah. the, it's the thing that holds your. And basically, if your spacesuit isn't being looked after. 
You know what I mean? If you start getting leaks yeah. in your spacesuit, you're conscious. But like, I think this point about nothing being broken. Again, if we use the software analogy, yeah. software being broken, it's not necessarily the point. You don't necessarily upgrade from Windows ninety five to something newer because Windows ninety five was broken. Yeah, that's not the point. Is this yeah. is ongoing development for its I, own I like sake? Your and sometimes the computers just need to turn them on and off again. That's right. We do need a bit of a reset. Exactly. <laughs> a, bit, a, bit, a, bit, a, a bit of a reboot. You know. A bit of a grounding. And I, and I think, and I think, because I think this is a very interesting. Because we say broken, we fix it in time, don't we? Mm. Whereas reality of it is everybody's sad and one day everybody's down, everybody's... And I think when you start to understand things like understand your body, understand glucose yeah. levels, understand yeah. willpower, yeah. understand all these different things and understand we are, you know, our, our bodies works on a rhythm yeah. and it oscillates. Yes, yes. Everything oscillates. Yeah. You better hope it's oscillating. And to understand that we can't just don't have to be happy. I, again, back to my Stoics. Brilliant. Who no one ever promises happy, uh, <laughs> and, and and you know, and what is happiness? Yeah, and happiness and happiness versus pleasure. Yeah, and gratification. You know what I mean? So I think so. To me, about I think people think te- teaching people that there is no right answer. That I think that we are in a world where where we don't have to anti Maslow world almost where we don't have to work as hard just to be existing. Happiness. You know, I, I, you know, if you go to, uh, I, I spent two years in Malawi. Right. And, and uh, Malawi at the point in time, this is, was, this, was the poorest country in the world. Mm. I think Haiti is. Okay, yeah. That honor, yeah. Uh, these days, but for a lot of AIDS and all that. But I'm going to tell you something very interesting. Mm. The rate of depression was very low. Right, right. People were too busy. It's true. I've spent some time over in India as well yeah. in the villages. And again, I mean, it's anecdotally, I, I don't know what the stats are, but it's just amazing the, the quality of interaction, isn't it, with the people? Yeah. The smiles, the playfulness, yeah. the, the warmth. And, and, and who have done some, the World Health Organization have done some analysis on this. Mm. And the other side of it is if you're feeling down in, you know, in Malawi and a village in Malawi, does it, does it, does it, does the tribes around you? Yeah. The family, yeah. your greater extended yeah. families around you, you know, children are brought up by their grandparents, like right. you know, village to you raise a, a child, break, yeah, yeah, it takes yeah. but but also you know you're you're given space, you you've got a community, you've got people to help you. Mm-hmm. Where we think, what is the single biggest in this connected world? Mm. What is the single biggest issue? Loneliness. Mm. So true. And I think people need to be taught how to make friends again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and how to connect at a more. Um, uh, and again, this is the guy who teaches people how to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just ask me. I think I, th- I see it, but I see the connection and the friends that get formed are out of sport, yeah. out of connection, out of per- how doing challenge together. And I said, the, yes. the thing I love most of this world is world is when we do our training tonight. I know we're going to go into a ninety minute class, mm. and I'm going some advance, and people are going to push each other, they're going to mm. encourage each mm. other, and at the end of it, all these guys are going to high five and hug themselves. Yes, yes. Hug each other, you know. And, and that's that's a lovely example of that moving in and out of modes. Yeah. When I work with with uh, clients therapeutically, invariably they you know they describe what's happening in their life and the difficulties and, and their goals, and you know towards the end or towards the middle of a process, invariably I find myself thinking there'd be something wrong with you if you didn't have these difficulties yeah. that you have, it, yeah. because it is the response to life yeah. experience and yeah. how we process it in that way. Uh, that's a that's a very exciting note I think to to think that there's that room to yeah. process things differently to. Progress yeah, and, in that way, yeah, and to and you know, like this observing self, and yes. to observe. Are you talking about t- feelings about feelings? Yes, but I love to observe your yourself. You know what I mean? Like it is a gift that most of us don't often 
observe. Yeah, but it's there. <laughs> the, our yeah, ability but... to reflect on our own behavior in the moment right. is an incredible. But intentionality. And I think bringing all the way that back to self-defense, like it's the ability to realize you're being triggered. We, mm-hmm. We're human beings, we're triggered. Mm-hmm. And we can be triggered into violence. We can mm-hmm. be triggered into aggression. Yeah. And to be able to, in the moment, observe that and control it. And I think it's, you know, you know, in, uh, like, as you said, I think you said something very, like farming, like you're talking about being in, you have to expose yourself to these experiences to be able to control them. Right. Like, again, they don't show farming videos about fires. That's right. you got to get singed. That's you know why, I mean? colloquially, since Christopher Nolan came on the scene now and, and directed the Batman films, yeah. I've been calling that the Batman principle because okay. it's quick and easy to get across. So yeah. if you think about Batman, why is he called Batman? Because he's a phobia of bats. bats yeah, if you yeah. remember, he fell yeah, down yeah, the down well, well yeah, when he yeah. was young. And Christopher Nolan is a good background in psychology. I think he, he draws yeah. on all the useful principles and makes them a little more interesting than I some of the earlier Batman you. films. I mean, exactly. I like that because I, I, I was a fan of Batman. I'm very yeah. worried. And the whole confronting your fears. That's right. And reminding yourself. He goes to train with Liam Neeson's character, Ra's yeah. al Ghul. Uh, what did they do? What's your worst fear? Yeah. You train around the bats. Yeah. You name yourself as the thing you're most yeah. afraid of. And yeah. uh, that's the principle, and, isn't it? And, and it's it's back to the obstacle as a way. And there's a great thing. There's a guy because a book called The Tools. Yes, yes. Stutz and Michaels, isn't it? It's a very yeah. interesting yeah. book. It's lovely. And they talk about uh, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Right, right. And I've used that like so. So the very fact that you you know you're feeling this fear, yes, is is learning to cutting, work with that, and that's linked yeah. to the growth mindset. Yeah. And the fact that that you know there's there's a and you know um, Stephen Pressfield, I don't yeah. know if you ever come across him, yeah. And he wrote a great book called The War of Art, right? And he talks about the resistance, yeah. Whenever yeah. you try to do something, there's this resistance, and the resistance wants to hold you back, and it's yeah. the friction in your so life. So not just getting better at being happy, but getting better at being afraid. Yeah, and and and, and saying hmm, this is information. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it is weird because you know that example I used earlier. How you know I'm not I'm not advocating this as a goal, but you know for the masochist out there who enjoys the fear and i don't even mean a 50 shades of gray kind of way here <laughs> i'm talking about i'll work let's say with two people in the same day one person comes in and says you know john i've got a phobia fear and anxiety of x whatever that might be and we'll, you know, we'll do work on that then somebody else will come in and they're a different kind of masochist they're an adrenaline junkie yeah and they'll say john the fear has gone away can you help bring it back yeah 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 <laughs> so i mean if that doesn't show so clearly the different relationships we can have to the same kinds of emotions yeah yeah nothing yeah. does yeah, and, and it's back to oscillating. Like, you yeah. know, you know uh, what, what's the famous thing? The, the number one thing we want in life is, uh, is security. And then the next thing we want was change. Right. <laughs> I often thought, you know that Channel 4 show where they get the really overweight person and a really underweight person, put them in the same house? Okay, It'd yeah. be great to do that with, with anxiety, <laughs> yeah. the adrenaline junkie yeah. and the, the scared person and do that and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it could be yeah, pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, but I think it's back to, as you just said there, the whole idea is we oscillate. Yeah. Uh, it, yep. it, it, like through the day, through the yep. moment, or up and down, uh, where our, our mood is very, very, uh, very driven by the situation. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you know, what I mean, like that. We, 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 we I'm a great fan of, uh, of you know, your environment as nutrition. Yes. Yeah, and that nourishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I've a like for example, I like look looking around here. You see the same thing. And mm. I have a home. I have a library. Yeah, and and often the things like you know, so that environment very important. When I'm trying to solve a problem, I actually don't even open a book. I just look at the books and I'll just read. Beautiful. And I'll just read the titles in the books. And I, and what would, and I have a thing was what would you know I have a, I have a couple of autobiographies mm. and like what would George Patton do here? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? The amount of wisdom we can access. Yeah, access. Because I do that with clients as well. I just say, well, step into the 
shoes of whoever, you yeah. know, this expert in this topic. And immediately they rattle off all this great advice. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, he, that person isn't there. You came up with that. Yeah, yeah. It's and amazing, isn't it? The wisdom that we and, have. And then I think understanding your strengths as well. And yeah. then understanding, because you know, right, there's some great stuff in this about flow and all that stuff. Yes. But the other side of flow is that we've also, and people are saying, harness your strengths. But there's all a lot of these strengths that we have a capacity for that mm. we don't access. We don't develop, yeah. And, and we don't, yeah. and and, we, yeah. and, we even, and they're there. They're, yeah. even, they're almost there, but we don't. We have like our, our our habitual methods. That's right. And then if you can somehow through your environment cause you to access some of those things, it just gives you new options. Well, they say fish would be the last to know what water is, and I think the problem is we're so mm-hmm. immersed in our own experiences yeah. Yeah, now that yeah. we don't see a lot of it. Yeah. I, I like to think of technology as a nice example of that because it's, it's easier to look outside sometimes than in. Yeah. If you think about what we have in modern technology, iPhones and iPads and computers and yeah. Wi-Fi, etc., I mean, yeah. all of that existed in the Stone Age. Yeah. There's no new stuff yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Just the wisdom to recognize it, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. use it. Th- and then think forward 100, 1,000 years from now, what's actually sitting here in front of us right now that we're not seeing? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, and I, like, I'm, I'm, yeah I, I wonder about that. Like, you know, and I sometimes wonder, have we had, with a bit of work, have we had the Golden Age? Mm. <laughs> have we had that there's point? no signs things are getting worse are yeah. there yeah. But, uh, no, no, no I'm just wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know we've had sure. that moment you know what I mean of where technology and thing like, and I you know I, I'm just wondering I wonder I wonder I wonder is it a bit like the you know the pendulum effect where yeah. we kind of keep having it and we maybe integrate a bit but, more but over if time but you look at the world now as well we're talking about fear yeah I mean like what like it's fear, fear is a weapon yeah, uh, and we, we we see othering going on, we see not more more regression, not, not yeah. more nationalism kicking yeah. in, and that's in many ways you know a result of obviously things that happened, but it's also it's a result of political process. Sure, it's people are choosing sure. to, uh, and we have this other thing that we have to be very careful about our environment because whatever we hear a lot of, we tend to believe. True, you know this idea True. of the mere exposure effect. Right, that when you uh, you know that we've seen people just tell lies, and then we hear those lies repeatedly. Well, the difficulty they, is, isn't it, is it creates imagery. It creates yeah, an experiential quality, a good storyteller. Yeah. So you have to process it even to not believe it. Yeah, exactly. So there's yeah. a bit of a problem there. And if in you there. just process that over, yeah. and it comes through marketing, if you process that over and over and over and over, and like the research, the research is there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think one one, one, uh, one guy, uh, that, that he was basically just, um, he was a lecturer, and mm. people would just come into his lecture every day for months. Yeah. And there'd be just names just written on the, and which we never referenced yeah. names he 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 had written on the on the blackboard mm-hmm. and just around and then a month later he on a study he just asked people to raise names they like best okay <laughs> and the names that they liked best were the names that we're on blackboard and well, so often with it. advertising that's what happens isn't yeah. it it's not that we love the ad watch it and like it's it familiar. it's just pure familiarity yeah. we'd rather go with the yeah. devil we know than yeah. the one we don't so i think back to education we need to teach people how to filter mm-hmm. We need to teach people how to question. Yeah. Uh, and, and how and, to think, not what to think, is yeah, it? That distinction. Yeah, yeah. And, and to just know, to understand manipulation techniques. So, there was yeah. one that back to self defense, yeah. I, teach, yeah. I, I teach people how I would mug someone, I would go and. Yeah. I would yeah. have polar bears. I Absolutely. Would, I would go and if I was going to mug somebody, I'd stand. So, where's another watering hole? Mm. Uh, I, I was watching TV there recently uh, on BBC and it was about. Um, uh, Get this right. It was, it was, I think it was a crocodile. Yeah, oh, yeah, crocodile yeah. Alligator. yeah. So it's a crocodile, and he only eats once a year. Mm. He's in the Serengeti, and when mm. the, when the big uh, wildebeest are doing their um, 
Mm. Doing that crossbeat. He only eats yeah, once yeah. a year and he's in the watering hole. <laughs> <laughs> and he just waits till and he waits and one day someone comes in. If I was gonna mug somebody, I'd probably stand by an ATM. Mm. I'd stand I would basically look at them. Uh, I'd stay off angle so I can get a sense of which they took out. Because mm. I can only mug mm. so many people at a time. Mm. And then I'd make sure that I was um I was had an ATM that was near a place that was a fifty fifty bit that was a bit isolated. Mm. And there was a fifty fifty chance that um Someone go down the ice light area. You know what I mean? Very good. So, well, like the example of having the fire extinguishers and having a fire safety drill. There's nothing negative or morbid about that. Yeah, it's 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 a stretching of those directions, understanding something, which hopefully you don't have to yeah, use, and but then you when can you if you. And then, you and then, yeah, you know, you know, you still have to you still have to train to use a fire extinguisher. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly, and you have to warm up every so often, yeah. practice it, and yeah, ensure, yeah. maintain it. And I think knowing how these things work and knowing is is, is an important part of the yeah, process. that you know? knowledge leads to, to more autonomy, hopefully better decisions. Yeah, yeah. From, and this is a huge question, but from your life of interesting experiences and explorations, is there any theme or any kind of key learning that stands out for you that something that you feel is is something that maybe you wouldn't have been as aware of kind of at the start of your journey or maybe you've become much more aware of that you think, you know what, this stands out as really key learning that you give as advice to people. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one, of my, my, one of my big, big, big bits of advice is, as I said, survival rate from life is zero. Okay. I, uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, and this comes, to, and it's the value experiences. Okay. You know, I mean, more than, more than possessions. Yeah. And you know, and experience, and, and experience requires another person. Yeah, to yeah. really, really, yeah. like to really, really, you know, we we are designed to be connected. Right, we are. So, such great. So my my my, and I, I'm I'm a, I, I as I said, I told you earlier on my, my um. And we're all looking to feel important. Like I, yes. I think, to understand, we're all yeah. human beings with the same needs and same resources. Mm. And if you can try and understand other people as just doing their best, yeah, like no matter what their beha- manifested behavior is, right. to meet their needs, you can mm-hmm. then become more. You know, you can communicate better. So m- m- one of my m- my things is is basically I believe in is in a frugal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I believe because that that makes you free. Yeah, because uh, you know, oftentimes people confuse income and uh, income with wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, in yeah, this world, and, a de- <laughs> and identity, and they don't realize that's a bar- in many cases that's a borrowed identity. Yes, yeah, true, <laughs> you true. Know? You go and work in some place. Yeah. you go and work, and I've been there, but you go and work yeah. in some place, um, and and you're getting you know a hundred grand a year, and then they decide to pull out. And then you're not getting it. So, are you living your own identity, or are you living a borrowed identity? Right. Uh, so, my right. big thing is basically survival away from life is zero. Uh, it's all about experiences. Like uh, mm. we're, we're um, personally, I'm, um, and I'm not saying always they're all. And I say experience. I'm not saying luxury experience. Yeah. Like my next, uh, we're just planning a trip at the moment. Uh, next month, myself, my wife, and a friend, and a friend are doing the Trans Siberian Expressway. Oh wow! Always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm kind of going. Hmm. And I'm kind of like, so I, I forced myself into that experience, <laughs> but I'm kind of go, God, like a nice hotel in Lanzarote. <laughs> could be <laughs> well, nice. that's true. Could Have be you nice seen any too. Carl Pilkington's journeys? Nice. I'm thinking it yeah. could be interesting. Yeah, but I've, so I've kind of, you know, I've kind of pre-committed myself. Yeah. I know. But that's an experience. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm after. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm, I, and we're literally going and there's things we're going to experience that we would never experience in life. Right. And we're going to, you know, part of our train is going to be a 48 hour nonstop train trip. Wow. Now, when is the last time 
You know what I mean? That like I you know I I haven't I've never been on it like we've fl- flown to Australia mm-hmm. two twelve hour flights. You're no Darren on a bad day. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get to Bali. Yeah, yeah. trying to get to Galway in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I I think you've got to manufacture and create experiences. Right. Right and and I think you know, all the research and again I'm a total analyst and analyst on basically and I basically you know, yeah. all the research shows the best money you ever have is the money you invest in experiences yeah. and right. it's usually invest that experience with other people right and what I try to do in my two day course is what I and I think we learn through experience mm-hmm. and in our weekend course I am we we, we I somebody posted a really really um really nice message one of my guys who trained me before uh we have a facebook group and uh he basically um he retook our course mm. this weekend mm. and he went and he posted it was just fantastic to, to to i was quite touched to see that you know myself and the other guys who were to teach my, my assistant instructors had retained their enthusiasm right that's a beautiful point for for and that was quite touching you know because Very when, nice. when i go yeah. in i see when I, like when I we we have our own pre-frames and things mm. we do. When I go in, people say to me, "You're not bored teaching that class." No, it's yeah. different people, yeah. different challenges. And myself and my team have a little. We we kind of developed habits. You know, mm. we developed triggers or something. Mm. And basically, we view is today we could be we could teach someone something that would save their life. Absolutely, absolutely. That is, you know, when do you think a heart surgeon gets bored yeah. of doing heart surgery? Yes. Yeah, you know what nice I mean. Point. I'm certainly not putting myself in that place, but you know what I mean. No, so we go, and I, that was very touching. So I think it's experiences, and when, you, and I think it's the connection you have with people, and that that's what I, I, I would basically my single biggest advice as having been, you know, I first spent the first half year of my life, half of my business career, being what we considered to being a very very well paid, very successful management consultant. Yeah. You know, like I did the I did the ridiculous daily rates mm. on in boardrooms in Manhattan. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I honestly say I felt empty. Okay. And I woke up one day and I realized I had all that those trappings. Mm. And um and that that basically I realized that I had to get had to had to, to get out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and that basically is don't 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 borrow your identity mm-hmm. and create experiences. Well, that doesn't sound like anything you'll regret looking back yeah. on the yeah. decisions you've made. Yeah, it's been great having you on the podcast. Well, if this, yeah. uh, people want to find out a bit more about what you do, what's the best yeah, place well, to go two, to? Yeah, there's two places: patrickcomsky.com. Okay, uh, uh, that's just a, a place. Yeah. And then Crav are like with lots of different things. Like yourself, I am. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am a portfolio existence person. Crav McGar is my vocation, but we yeah, work on yeah. lots of different things. Yeah. And I'm actually all about like yourself, human performance, right? At business right. level, individual level, and uh, for, from a self defense perspective, uh, it's it's CravMcGarIreland.com. We put us. the links up as well. And so people are welcome can get to through, yeah. yeah, and we've lots of videos and we've some free self defense guides and all that. Wonderful. If people ever want to ask you for Wonderful. them, we're happy to share with them. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for being on. Thank you.